Are you looking for a pair of sunglasses that are as about a good time as we are here at the corner booth? Well, look no further. Yeats official sunglasses are polarized, stylish, and fit any occasion. All of us here at the corner booth, we each got a pair. We're rocking right now in studio. You want yours? Go to yeatsofficial.com, promo code cornerbooth for 10% off, and get your pair now. My personal recommendation, the Aquas, always fly as hell. Enjoy it. Yeats Official, official sponsor of the Corner Booth Podcast. You are now in the Corner Booth Podcast, a sports podcast from Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network. Here is your host, Jared Clinton. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this recorded podcast. We are officially here on, well, at least I am, here on Martha's Vineyard. I am just loving it out here. It's gorgeous. It was humid as all hell today because it rained last night, and I still got a good workout in. I went to a brewery, went to the beach, had probably the best roasted pork sandwich I've ever had in my life. I was like, this is heaven right now. Of course, we are joined. it is the end of part two of the NFL preview. We are, of course, joined by my amazing co-host and social media expert, Mr. Matt Ardazzo, and joining us from the amazing, always entertaining High Low Sports Podcast, which you can catch me on one of their episodes back during the offseason, mm-hmm. is the human computer Neuralink, the love child of Daniel Jeremiah, Jonathan Gannon, and C3PO, Mr. DJ Stewart. <laughs> How do I follow that up? Like, damn, I, I, we went over this. It's R2D2 with an NC3PO. Like, I mean, I don't look like C3PO. You don't, I mean, you. you According to Kelsey, you're tall and skinny. Is that kind of where I got the thing from? Well, okay, I'll take it, but like, I just don't like it. I, I'm not. Oh no, my god, that's phenomenal. Well, if you think about it, if you spray paint your face, if you spray paint your face gold, you got the Halloween costume right there. It's gonna be like fifteen bucks. C three PO, or it looks like Jim from that uh, Michael Scarn movie. From oh that. yeah, <laughs> gold, gold face. Gold face. Damn, I really all right. So I guess I'm C3PO for Halloween this year as well, too. You lighting up a 20th anniversary RP. Mm-hmm. It's vacation. I always smoke cigars on vacation shows. Hmm. Oh, I remember. Business rules. Business rules. Hmm. And then, you know, of course, during and most summer shows, because of the running joke I had with uh Craft Bruce Sports' intern, I was smoking cigars for Caesar. Hmm. Wow, that wrap is so moist it literally just peeled off. That is crazy. They're saying the uh, – I was kind of surprised by it. They're saying uh, Jalen Rieger's trademark is heating up. Yeah, but he's on the roster at least for now. He may be like an end of uh, – wow, that wrap just disappeared. Okay. I'm trying to think of um, teams because he's going to want to obviously go to a team that's going to use him. He's not a one, obviously. He's got the speed for a slot, but he's too big. I think he's a two. Jacksonville two team. That's my exact thought right there. Because hey, listen, actually, wait, no, because Doug didn't want to draft him. How he did? Doug wanted uh, Jay Jets or Claypool. Well, sometimes the coaches. I mean, Brian Flores wanted Herbert, right? The you know, only team he'd be absolutely deadly on, but he, he would have to take a back seat. Would be uh, the Chiefs because he can he can move. And in single coverage, when he's not the primary, he's honestly kind of dangerous with the ball if he can actually hang on to it. I mean, who's he taking a back seat to besides Juju? I mean, I heard uh, Sky Moore is on, like the third on the depth or something like that. It's Sky Moore and uh, Hardman and, and Mikal, yeah. And then Valdez still there too as well. Who's still there? 
Uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling. Oh yeah, I forgot about him. That's oh, why that's a flavor. There's coconut in this thing. That's interesting. Oh. No, actually, it works with the citrus. It's kind of like a pina colada beer. Send him to uh, send him to Cleveland. I mean, they've or got Chicago. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, if he he'd be the number get... one receiver in actually number two. Let's not let's Listen, not dog Mooney that hard. If he's looking for solely to get looks, the goes to Chicago. He's immediately going to see like fifty percent of those fucking snaps. I even say. Cleveland, because besides DPJ, who's their best deep threat? Mari Cooper, and that's it. I don't even think yeah, they have Rashard Higgins anymore. No, I think he, he would honestly. I, 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 Damn, listen, Carolina's got everybody. Do not hate me for saying this. Um, Sorry, I think somebody he's a, just tried to me. I think he's a better number two option than uh, than DPJ. That that probably be a fair assessment as well. Too. I think DPJ's. Very nice, but very, very limited in his own right as well, too. And he's not as dangerous as Jalen Rager. DPJ runs straight. That's when he does well. Yeah. Straight and lengthy. That's kind of his forte at this point. Yeah. I, honestly, I look at it. I'm like, you know what? This isn't a bad – it's not a bad fit. You know what? Listen, Cleveland, we can keep sh- – we just – we apparently – we just – um <laughs> we freaking just uh, fleece the freaking uh, Saints today. Might as well fleece the Browns while we're at it. Did you see that? I mean, if you really – Five running backs on the roster too, and two tight ends. Like they kept five on the out of the fifty-three as running backs. So Holy I shit. don't know what they're planning there, but I don't think they need receivers. I think point. they're still trying to see if they can move Hunt. And when the Eagles moved, uh, the Eagles pulled out of the trade because apparently there was a actually a legit trade between the Browns and Eagles for Kareem Hunt. But when the Eagles were like, "Yeah, you're going to charge too much. We're pulling out. We're going to move on." And then they just went and cut their three power backs off their uh, practice squad. So I'm like, okay, maybe they are still in the Hunt sweepstakes. Because I thought they were going to keep that kid out of um, Oklahoma, Murray, and they let him walk. And I'm like, oh, okay, well. Maybe what's, the I guess... high, what's the highest draft pick you'd give up for Kareem Hunt right now? Um, third. third rounder. Third. I was going to say yeah. third for me. Mm-hmm. We don't need him, but I would I, – if oh, I so need, we, we have two. Third. We have two of them. That's why I'd give it up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I'd toss him a two and a six. I would be like, listen – I mean, a three and a six. I'd be like, hey, listen – it's a one-year date. We're getting a one-year rental, possibly. But listen, we did that with Garrett Blunt. Look how well that worked out. Yeah, it's a great yeah. one. Be a good fit with Miles Sanders with Jalen Hurts. He'd give you that extra dynamicism. By and the you even give those gain well. We have a bunch of guys. See, the problem with gain well is gain. Everyone's like, everyone's talking about the preseason. DJ, were you one of these guys who was talking about gain well was going to be the starter this year? Not even a little bit. <laughs> okay, so you're yeah. This is why he's the neural link, guys. He's Daniel Jeremiah two because this kid actually understands how football works. The problem with Kenny Gainwell is he's too small. He literally takes a couple hits. He fumbles. Everyone's giving Sanders shit. Sanders is a every down back. He just needs to stay healthy, and Hurts needs to stop dogging him in the red zone. Really? Yeah. He that running back for West Virginia. I think it was Steve Slayton that played played with, mm-hmm. played with Pat White back in the day. That's kind of what Ganwell reminds me of as well, too. Like a low version of Steve Slayton. Like you can get him the ball, you can make some plays, but you can't you can't feature him. You can't feed him. You Ganwell kind of did. You know, uh, Slayton did have a twelve thousand. I love Slayton, man. He was my dog when I was a kid, man. When I was uh, like I was root for players when I was a kid in college ball. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, loved Steve, West Virginia for Steve Slayton and Pat White and Noel Devine. That team was so much fun to watch, but um. Yeah, no, I uh, tw- I think he ran for twelve hundred yards his rookie year, and they replaced him with Aaron. They replaced him with Aaron Foster the following year, which was crazy. So, <laughs> I mean, ouch, <laughs> tough to follow that one up when Aaron Foster comes literally out of seventh round, undrafted. Just oh, by the way, future best running back in the league for two years. Just yeah, field. And it's so funny. Everyone's like, "What do you, what do you, what do you give as Sanders as his pro comp?" And I'm like, "Oh, he's a shiftier Aaron Foster if he can stay healthy." And everyone's like, "That's high praise." I'm like. 
Have you watched Sanders when he's healthy? He's he's just electric. He's an instant ten yards if he gets downhill. So that's you know, some, why I was like, probably that's the key though. Sometimes I forget how recent of a franchise the Texans are because I think of guys like like Andre Johnson and Arian Foster's. I'm like, these are the two of the best guys that franchise has ever had. And I'm like, oh fuck, they're only twenty years old. I think it was like two thousand two, right? You could even make an argument that Matt Schaub might be their best quarterback they've had. Uh-uh. Can make a case. I mean, TJ Gates. Oh Jesus! I knew he was going to say some bullshit. I thought you were going to say Brock. <laughs> listen, I thought, no, listen, yeah. Mister, uh, the guy who my um, fantasy team is named after, Deshaun Watson. He uh, he's got a case too. No, he definitely has a case. I just and Matt Schaub just has. I mean, they've all got playoff rounds. There's just this I also, one year. I have a yeah. personal hatred of Matt Schaub because in our Madden franchise in 2011, he basically cost me a Super Bowl. I was steamrolling everybody. My my <laughs> my combo of players was I had Shady in his absolute peak, I had Vincent Jackson in his absolute peak, and Mike Wallace in his absolute peak. That was my team. I basically would light guys up for days. I think I scored like average like 63 a game, mm-hmm. and. In the championship game, I threw five interceptions as Matt Schaub, and I still had a chance to win at the end because my buddy was so bad. <laughs> and I still lost. I was so ticked off. That's why I, ever since then, I've just hated the existence of Matt Schaub. You know, that, that's a fair reason. That's honestly pretty fair, too. I think there's a lot of people that hate the existence of Matt Schaub. Maybe not for the same reasons, but I feel like that's pretty unanimous anytime someone brings him up. Oh, yeah. This is ain't that bad. I just missed the rapper. The rapper would have been good taste to it. Pretty sure up until like a year or two ago, he was the backup quarterback in the Falcons, right? Yeah, yeah. he was. You forget how long he's been around. He is that just that punchable face. Do the Falcons have a starter yet? Or are they still rolling with Mariota? Uh, I would assume it's Mariota. I didn't hear anything. Even though, dude, Ritter looked electric in that freaking. Uh, he looked electric in that freaking uh, preseason The one with game. the Jets? Oh, um, and the Lions. That, that throw at the end was unbelievable. He was looking good. He he looked I, really good in, the, in that preseason game. He was connecting with, like, all but maybe a few passes. I, I was blown away. I was like, that's incredible. Like, I literally loved, like, watching him play. And the thing is that like, we talked about – I had um, Yuri, our uh, – the uh, Yuke, sorry. I don't know how keep calling him Yuri. It's like the Call of Duty character. Um, hmm. Yuke, from our belly up uh, draft expert, I had him on the show, and we talked about quarterbacks. I loved everything. The only quarterback I did not like in this class was Kenny Pickett. And everyone made fun of me for it. I'm like, why I don't like Kenny P- – every other quarterback gives me something I like. Malik Willis, I get ridiculous athletic upside and an ability to make plays with an arm. Matt Corral, a lot of moxie and a big arm. Carson Strong, cannon, and he's a big dude. But the Eagles just cut him, so, you know, that hopes and dreams dead. Um, <laughs> for him, at least. Desmond Ritter does everything right, and he's a he's a gamer. He, to me, is a right-handed Dak Prescott with a better 40. That's what I called him. And then the last one, of course, was uh, – uh, no, I don't count Sam Howell. He can, he's dead to me. Um, for obvious <laughs> ACC football reasons. And then who was the last one? Uh, in this draft that was like a big name. There was five. Well, six counting strong in hell. Well, Rattler stayed in college. You're not talking about Mond, right? That was like drafted. Two no, ago. it was. There's one other guy. He got drafted. It was Willis. It was Willis Corral, Pickett, Strong, Howell, Howell, and there's one you more. You did say Willis. There, Ritter, yeah. So maybe it was just Willis and Corral I'm hype on and Ritter. Those three I love because I love all the destinations they went to. Like, Pickett going to the Steelers is perfect because I don't like the Steelers anyway, so it's perfect. I get to root against them. But he's got GP, NFL young boy now as his receiver. I'm, like, terrified. That dude's next for Randy Moss or something. So I think with Kenny Pickett, if he plays a quarterback, Najee Harris is going to be the leading fantasy scorer this year because of the way Kenny Pickett plays. Oh, the check down shit? Yeah. 
All the checkdowns. I think Najee Harris, if, in fantasy league, if, ta- if you're concerned about ta- who to take in number one, I don't think Najee Harris can be a bad fit. Are you thinking of Bailey Zapp? Oh, you mean Tom Brady's grandson? Yeah. <laughs> I've sent you that I've sent you that brand uh skit like fifteen times. I me and Matt are gonna work on getting that man on our show. He's a Connecticut boy like us, and his skits are fucking hysterical. He goes <laughs> Bailey Zapp Bailey Zapp and Mac talking to Tom Brady. Every time Tom Brady walks in the room, Mac Jones, Dad, he goes, What makes you think oh, of your dad? I love that skit. It's I so love funny. That guy. Oh it's my every God. time Brady walks in, they're like, Oh, you're uh oh, just in time. He said you uh your buddy's here. He's like, Who? He's like, Dad. He's like, I'm not your dad. <laughs> oh my god, that guy's hilarious. Him, I like Nate Jolie. He's a Connecticut's got a lot of boys who do who do work on TikTok. A non-Connecticut person that I that I really like uh, sports wise on TikTok is Wyatt's World. Mm-hmm. Wyatt's like shit. Yeah, he, he's a big Jalen Hurts guy, but he shits on the Eagles. So I, I want when he comes on, if we get him on, I want to shit on. I also am a big Annie Ager guy. Like, and I, she apparently likes going on small podcasts. So we actually have a shot there. Mm-hmm. She's really. Um, BSP, she's from the Boston area. She works with FanDuel. She's actually really cool. Kevin has had a crush on her forever. She went to high school with my cousin. Small world. How does that? Yeah, like she popped up my recommendations for Facebook, and I'm like, Brianna. I'm like Brianna. I'm not gonna say her full name. And I was like, wait a minute, I know this chick. And then I'm like, wait, now I remember. She went to the same gym as me for like two years before she moved to Boston, and I didn't even realize it was her until after she uh, basically tweeted back at us. When Kevin shot his shot over Twitter. Hmm. She's a gorgeous girl and she's very good with sports. She's a little too Boston leaning for me, but obviously, hmm. like, but you know, she's good at her, what she does. But it's so funny. Like, I love sports TikTok because you get some really creative guys. Hmm. What's your guys? Get, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah, you're, uh, no, you're good. I was done. Um, I was going to say, what's your guys' like most like mind blowing cut? or trade or anything that's happened in the last like couple days, like whether it's somebody just got cut and you just didn't expect mm-hmm. that to happen or it was just the deal was made like LaVisca Chanel trade. Like, what do you think just blew you the most? Uh, oh, well, boss. I assume they're both my Eagles. They're um, Devin Allen getting cut. I'm like, dude, I thought the Eagles would have found a way to get this guy on the roster. How just like, I would have kept him over Rager. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling they're. I'm like, I figure they're probably hopefully resigned to the practice squad because like we trade Rager, bring Devin Allen up and Allen's our five. Hey, listen, your number five is the fastest human in the NFL. Great. Just throw it. Just what? Hey, Jalen, just throw it that direction. Just catch, snap, let it rip. He'll run under it. Just throw it immediately. Don't yeah. even drop back. I'm just hoping Sirianni didn't fall for Rager having a good camp like he did last year. Because last year he was one hand making one-handed catches over J.C. Jackson. They got my hopes up for nothing. Hmm. He giveth any take of the way. He get get that. That's the thing I hate about preseason, too. So the guys get you so hyped, you're so ready. And then mm-hmm. it, the regular season kicks in and it goes right back down to earth. All right. Um, well, we're going to start to let's see. Yeah. What do you, TJ, what do you think? What was like one of the bigger moves cuts you saw this last couple of days that just got your brain in a freaking tailspin? There wasn't what can I say? JJ Artega Whiteside getting cut by the Seahawks or that'd be a little bit too, <laughs> right? That'd be a little bit too. too I don't online. care. Like uh, I thought, <laughs> no. I think he's a bum. I think yeah. he'll be great in the XFL. Yeah, problem. He'll he's be okay. a big physical dude who can run and block. Like he's a re- he's one of those receivers who actually likes blocking. So it's like he'll find a spot somewhere. I was surprised to see the Colts let Philip Lindsay go as well too as a third mm-hmm. running back. I know he can't really play special teams, so that's what limited him. But a dude that was a two time Pro Bowler and has yet to fumble in the NFL in his NFL career. I fear you keep a spot for him there as well too. Oh, somebody's but, gonna pick. Somebody's gonna grab him by the end oh, yeah. of this week. Guaranteed. He, yeah. It was kind of was- when Kenyon Drake got cut. Like you knew somebody's gonna scoop him. He's too yeah. good not to get fucking picked up. 
I was kind of sorry. Sorry, I didn't mean to catch you. No, 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 you're good. I didn't mean. I didn't. Uh, I was actually surprised when I saw. I think it was a uh, Jaquaski Tart and Tony Jefferson were both cut. Tart, I can tell you why he got cut. He basically showed up out of shape and just did not look good. Yeah. Like um, the fact that Mark, our 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 white boy rookie from a D three school outplayed a D two school outplayed him, and the fact that Marcus Epps, Marcus Epps had a great camp, and then the, I think the Eagles also have been talking to the Saints for like a month about um, Garner Johnson. So they're like, when they cut Harris, I'm like, okay, we're getting somebody big today. Who is it? Like and, and like with Howie, it's there's always a pre a, before a bomb. Howie drops a bomb. He usually fires off a couple artillery shells to clear off the runway and. Draw, cutting Harris, even though Anthony, that made me sad because Anthony Harris is a good dude. He's a good locker room guy. Like he was too expensive. I'm hoping the Jets put in a claim for at least Tony Jefferson because Lamarcus Joyner is not really looking like it right now. Um, I didn't even know he's still in the NFL. I remember him from the Jeff Fisher like Rams hard knocks days. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was very surprised when the Jets cut ties with the uh, with uh, Chris Trevler and. Uh, Calvin Jackson Jr. They thought they both played well enough to where they make it very difficult to cut them or not to cut them. I, mm-hmm. I think Streveler outplayed Mike White, but I think just because Mike White recently had a second round tender this past offseason, I don't think they were going to justify cutting him. But we'll see what happens with the Mike practice Thunder, squad. Mike Lightning White. I love I love Mike, <laughs> I love Mike White. That's Chenault, though, going to Carolina. I now, love it. I think it's amazing because besides Baker, now you've got LaVisca Chanel, Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, and as uh, DJ was saying, they got Rashard Higgins, who's an under the radar kind of guy too with speed. So that's going to be looking like a pretty good offense well, for Baker. If, if if Matt and they also have Chuba Hubbard as a salt and Devontae Foreman, they have a loaded. Okay, can we also just look at their offense? Actually, kind of stacked. Yeah, they, they don't got a tight end, but they got everything else. It's like it, it, yeah, okay, you can go find one. There's like four or five. They got cut. OJ Howard's got cut today. Go sign him. Exactly. It's like it's the thing is like I'm looking at this Carolina roster. Anybody else getting the itch like Carolina? Michael like ten and seven. And like sneak into the playoffs, I think they're either ten and seven or they're four and thirteen. There is no middle yeah. ground, and they're surprised. They, yeah, thank you. That's exactly. Or you get I, last year's Baker, and they wet the bed. But there's they 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 could be sneaky. That's a they got a squad as well too. It's just can they block and can Baker not throw it to the other team? And I know, texted, yeah, yeah, I know. It's like the matter. Can I put it all together? I texted Kevin right before I came on here. I said, "Did you see Baker's quote?" He goes, "Yeah." I'm like. I'm taking the I'm taking the Panthers by a thousand. This dude's got me going. Like when Baker get when cocky Baker's back, that gets me excited. Because I, I might like even. Cle- I feel like Cleveland kind of hit, like suppressed his crazy. Like I want Oklahoma Baker Mayfield. Baker with a chip on his shoulder is the shit. When Baker came into the league, we all I all thought I think he was more of like a watered down Johnny Manziel. But when he got into the Browns, he just he got the sponsorships. He kind of kept to himself. I want to see that. Baker, we thought we were going to get that like mild Johnny Manziel that can make it in this league, but is not going to just ruin his whole career. Well, he's also happily married with a kid on the way. I mean, I think it's like he's a little different than Johnny in that way. But the thing is with like Baker, I got I got like a like he got Johnny Manziel's on field antics with a little bit of Drew Brees. Depending on who you talk to in Cleveland, there might, there's some interesting news with him and some waitresses at Cheek, Cheesecake Factory. If you search around Twitter, we'll I mean, <laughs> find, find some weird, yeah, yeah, okay, weirdly okay. uncomfortable Facebook messages yeah. on there. Do not believe, do not believe everything you hear on, on, on from like. I'm not saying it's real. I'm just saying if you look, you'll see some messages that random that pop up from a baker maker. <sighs> you know what? I digress. Yeah, I'm just number saying. one overall pick going to Cheesecake Factory, man. Come on, you got to be going to at least those high end restaurants. Go find a Benihana. Yeah, Benny Hot. <laughs> this dude says instead of Cheesecake Factory, we're going Benny Hot. 
Oh my god, I love it. All right, so I would say the other thing about the Panthers that's terrible. We'll talk. We're going to talk. We're going to we're going to do some fun there. We're going to go through all the teams and give a ballpark of the record. We're like high and low, like we just did with Carolina. So we can cross Carolina if we want to, because I agree with DJ. It's going to be seven and nine. It'd be ten and seven, or I don't think four and thirteen. I think maybe like six and eleven. Is there is there a floor? So I think it's because, important to look at who's going to be the backup quarterback for Baker because Donald's out for four or six weeks or so. You got Matt Corral's out. So who are they going to bring in? Josh Rosen. <laughs> oh, I just blew Matt's mind. Oh, my God. Now. I just blew his mind just now. He's you know like, what's funny is in the last – They're playing like, first-round bingo with the freaking 2018 draft. You know what's kind of scary is that in the last 20 minutes, and I know we, we were saving this for Thursday, it just popped in my head. Before this show started, I'm like, oh, imagine like on Thursday if we do those mystery boxes, I open up an Eagles jersey, I'll give it to Jared. And I was like, oh my God, what if it's a JJ Arcega Whiteside jersey? I wonder if he'll want it still. And we mentioned him, and the second thought I had was, oh, fuck, what if I get like a Cardinals Rosen jersey? Mm-hmm. And these two names just popped up in 20 minutes. So now I'm freaking out that I'm going to get those on Thursday. <laughs> well, we're about to – yeah, so by the way, our Thursday show for the first official game uh, uh, week – we call it week zero, but it's week one of the college football season. We have our first ever six-pack, which, of course, DJ, will I'll send you and Andrew, our two guests, the uh, the picks you guys can have in the entire week almost to prep. So this the six-pack rules will establish them. Everyone knows who listened to the show last year. Each pick's worth a point. Upsets are worth two points. You get six picks, and then you get there's six games. You get to pick an upset either in the pack or outside of the pack. If you don't, if you pick an upset in the pack, you get a gimme game for a free point. Basically, it's like taking Alabama over the Citadel kind of thing, or Miami over uh, Bethan Cookman. It's like you get a, a a kicking kicking them while they're down kind of game to make up. And the to- guy with the most amount of points by the end of the year out of all the six packs walks away with me and Matt having decided what we're going to put on the line because me and Matt actually will do it. I'm still owed a jersey from last year and a T-shirt for the year before, because I've won the last I've won the last three years in a row. Actually, you go. Back actually, no. In I think time. actually no. I think JD won last year because JD had like a streak of upsets. He, he didn't miss for eight straight weeks. He had eight straight upsets. It was actually kind of getting a little scary. Hmm. You go he back picked in Miami to get upset more. by Michigan. What? You go back in time a little more. I think Pat owes you a uh, Tim Tebow Eagles jersey. He does, <laughs> and I want my Tim Tebow Eagles jersey. <laughs> I'm going to say it at his wedding. I'm going to be like, um, the groom owes me a Tim Tebow Eagles jersey. That is all. <laughs> Just object with that. Like, I object. You still owe me a jersey. You can't get married until you get this jersey. <laughs> no, actually, I like her dad. Her dad, the, the, wife, the, the wife's dad is a diehard Buffalo Bills fan. I was talking to their family at the uh, stag party. Dude, we were talking football. They were laughing. Their, we were laughing <laughs> our asses off at the expense of the Patriots. Dude, how funny is it that a Patriots fan and a Buffalo Bills fan are coming together in holy matrimony, and it's all led by a New York Jets fan minister? With a couple Eagles and Steelers fans and the freaking yeah. fans. We just and need think, Miami. Isn't, isn't, and B's, a, B's a, jet, a giant man. Yeah, she's Giants. I'm Jets. And then the other two getting married, obviously, are Pats and Bills, so that's just funny. Just the one train wreck in the division is going to bring you all together. <laughs> At least, no, actually, I would consider my. I think my. We'll talk about it. We're going to talk AFC East in a little bit, but I think Miami, I have a feeling their season could get real screwy real fast. Miami's just, I don't know. It's, it's, it's the don't same. Don't tell me as, too much talent because that's what they said about the 2011 Eagles, okay? No, it's just they have all the tools to, to pretty much what DJ just said with the Panthers. They have all the tools to go 10 and 7 or whatever they want to go, or there's no in between. I think it's 10 and 7, or they go like 7 and 10. 
It's just one of those things where I think they either take off or it's just not going to be pretty. I'm curious what they were talking about wanting to get rid of Mike Gusecki. So I'm really curious yeah, if that I heard about that too. what their plan is too. Like I understand like he does not block for ish, but it's kind of crazy you want to trade one of the better receiving tight ends just because he doesn't block. So I'm curious to see if that actually ends up happening or what they do with that. All right. They could just bring in like a – I mean, I know he's on the Bucks, but they could have brought in somebody like a Kai Rudolph who can block and just exactly. let him, you know, but – You guys want to run through these headlines quick before we get into the – Let's do it. All righty. So quick off the ripper, we've got Jimmy G structures or a structured deal with the 49ers. I did not see this coming. I love this for Jimmy G, though, because I think Trey Lance's bum ass is going to get thrown off, have a five-interception game in the first week and a half, and Niners fans going to be chomping for the old Italian again. Um, I don't know. What do you guys thoughts quick? Somebody told me today that uh, they think Trey Lance could be the best quarterback in that whole draft. Um, I I think this is – to me, this kind of translates to I am not ready to start Trey Lance, so I need Jimmy G for at least another year. Or this is one of those things where you sign trade, you could trade him at the deadline for like a little rental kind of thing. But I think to me this translates to San Francisco's like, yeah, I think we need Jimmy Garoppolo at least for this year. Oh, yeah. I think it translates to they're scared that Trey Lance can't stay healthy considering he got hurt last year in a start and a half, too. And you see how much he runs the ball. He has still a little experience. It's almost like we want to win now, and we don't know if Trey Lance will stay healthy. So here's our insurance policy. Plus, we don't know if he's good or not. It's we, a cheaper insurance policy than what they had before. Exactly. He's played 18 games since high school or something like that. Like, I mean, we don't know how good he is yet. So it's, better to be insane. They literally did one FCS game just to give him a pro showcase for the, the draft the following year. And it was not, not his best one. <laughs> no, it was not. Um, I remember watching the game like, oh, my God, North Dakota State might lose. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> I mean, I with, I like, with Jimmy G healthy, San Francisco is 31 and 14. Yeah. And within like two, a drop pick of two Super Bowl appearances too. Yeah. And a, and a overthrown pass a Super Bowl title. I blame Emmanuel Sanders for that one too. He he slowed up a little bit. You yeah. can't let Jimmy. Well, I mean, G I mean, Emmanuel. Uh, let's be honest. Es kind of slowed down the last couple. Ever since he left, uh, ever since he left freaking uh, Pittsburgh, he's been a little slower. Um, we'll, we'll speed run these quick. Sam Darnold off four to six weeks, as Matt alluded to before. Eh, it sucks, but it's okay. At least he keeps his roster spot now because the insurance. <laughs> um, yeah. Gino Smith named the start in Seattle. We'll see how long that lasts. Uh, Ravens mascot card off the field oh, being tackled by a youth football player. This is like, hey, how do you have the worst day ever as a non-athlete on a field? Oh, I'll man. give you an answer. <laughs> he was like 12 years old, just carded him off the field like a foot injury. I couldn't believe it. So two more upsetting headlines. One actually is uh, – so Commander's rookie Brian Robinson was shot the other day, uh, multiple shot twice in a carjacking attempt, Um, is okay. He posted on Instagram, I think, yesterday. He's doing better. I think the Kobe Dean repost, that's how I saw it. Um, he's going to be okay. He's he's done for a while. Like It's going to be a long time before he can play ball again, but he's, he's going to make a full recovery, it looks like, which is good news because Brian Robinson just was literally named the start of that day. You want to talk about shit luck? Hey, listen, it gives Antonio – hey, listen, if there's a silver lining, it gives Antonio Gibson one more year to prove he's not worthless. Mm-hmm. Gives him the ability um, to suddenly learn how to read holes again. Yeah, right. Um, and last but not least, we got to talk about Matt Ariza for like 30 seconds. Um, oh, my God. If he hasn't been talked about, there's a accusations in a lawsuit about him and four teammates. It's a fucking punter, which why this is just crazy to me. Um, yeah, they apparently they raped a 17-year-old girl at a college party. And so I wanted – the Bills already cut him. I just – 
I, you know, after the whole Sean Oakman deal, a lot of these college stories, I always get a little bit like, all right, somebody's got a lawsuit. Like, listen, if he did it, like, fuck this dude, like, like hang him up by his toes and let him get beaten to death. Whatever, like not beaten, but like get, get like stone, like thrown eggs around for hours. I don't fucking care. But like, I want to just like, show me some evidence. Show me like, cause if this girl is legit, like, Oh, there was also that guy. They did an entire movie about, uh, he was a linebacker. who was supposed to go to USC. I think Greg Kinnear played his lawyer and in the movie. And I was just like, like that whole dude's whole story was crazy. He was like the top linebacker in the 05 draft. And he got sent to prison off of a uh, false accusation. So it's like, just, I just want to see, just show me some more evidence. Show me some, show, show me something here. If you got something, show me something. Cause I, if if because if it is yeah the dude's life deserves to be freaking ruined because that's fucking horrifying but if it's he's not involved or there's something contrary to the the statement then you know let the 22 year old kid have his career I don't know it's it, to me like I just want to see more because like this came out and then it's been kind of quiet and this is a little less disturbing than it's not oh, it's just as disturbing but it's like if it's true it's more disturbing than the Sean Watson case but if it's I just everything just it felt so abrupt. Then they cut him, and now we haven't heard shit. Yeah, it's uh, you know the only difference is you know Sean Oakman was it was supposed to be like a top five draft pick in that draft, and this guy's a punter. Not really saying that doesn't mean there's no. He's the punt god, apparently. That's I know. I just you know I, eighty yard bomb in preseason. You know punters they don't make you know ten twenty million a year like a lot of players do. So Unless I don't know if this is. Yeah, I don't know if this one's going after money, but I mean, at least props to the Bills for once they found out about it, they held him out of the game. They were like, we're not going to play you. We just heard this about you. And then they eventually released him. But I mean, I guess at the end of the day, you just got to see what's going to happen. I haven't, Like you said, I haven't heard anything about it since. So I guess until further things come out, we'll see what goes down with him and the legal system. Fair enough. Hmm. Um, And... Last but oh, baseball was quick. Julio Rodriguez, J Rod, man, this dude, arguably one of the most entertaining rookies this year. Besides, like maybe like uh, the dude out of um, Pittsburgh, what's his name? The O'Neill Cruz. Oh, O'Neill, yeah, hundred seventy. Listen, my Diamondbacks just had Corbin Carroll debut last night, and that dude can fly. <laughs> like that little boy, that little man can freaking run. <laughs> also, we scored thirteen and answer on the Phillies last night. <laughs> Four straight, baby. <laughs> But um, yeah, no, I, it, I just you know what, it, it's it's crazy to me. I love um, I love seeing all these young guys this year getting shots. It's kind of cool, but uh, it's cool. Neil Cruz having an amazing amazing season, so he's going to get a twelve year stretch of two hundred ten million no trade clause. Props to O'Neill, baby. Good job, buddy. That's that's golf clap. That's that's Still golf that clap. And in the Pacific Northwest, they will love you as long as you are there, and you don't turn into Felix Hernandez. They will love you up there too. Listen, mm-hmm. King Felix is still beloved up there. No, I'm just saying, like towards the back end of it, it was a little more sour. Oh yeah, yeah but then he retired. No, they retired. No, King Felix was like this shit. I loved him growing up. Um, Matt's a little disappointed. He's like, no trade clause. Shit, that means he can't come to the Yankees. I know, <laughs> but you know, I, I'm a fan of locking rookies up early like this because think about it. They, he's got a long term deal. I'm sure by the time that don't deal's be up, Arizona and like Goldschmidt walk. Yeah, I'm sure by the time his deal's up, he still will be young enough to where he can earn a second contract of some sort, but um, I, I, I like that 33, which is still definitely yeah. in your prime for baseball. So, but you know what? They lock him up now and you know, what's going to happen in five years when he's potentially one of the best outfielders that we have in baseball, he's going to be severely underpaid. 
And it's just the thing. It's like you're getting ahead of the curve now. You give them 200 and something million dollars over 12 or whatever mm. years it is. And it's you know, you're, you're not paying them. You know, if, if five years, you could be paying them 400 and something million dollars for 10, 12 years. This is why I'm loving what the Eagles are doing with Jalen Hurts, bringing out the football. It's because they gave me a one-year pro-it deal. Like when you're like, hey, listen, we gave you your best friend who's a top 10 wide receiver. You have the most loaded offense you ever had in your career. And your offensive line is number one ranked in football. Like, go win some games, develop as a passer, and we'll give you a contract. And the Eagles will probably give him a great contract because Howie's an evil genius with that shit. And the only one that backfired was the Carson one, but that's a whole other story. Nobody could have. No. Here, also, here's another one, guys. We're going to talk about Washington a little bit. Do you think there's a shot Sam Howell becomes a starter in Washington this year? Um, I think it was yeah. a good shot, but like late in the season, like yeah. so you're talking after like a game against possibly Philadelphia in Philly, where he throws like five picks. Like if they do something like that, and they're like three and seven and well out of it, they're just like, all right, I could go in there, Sam. Try We're something. done. You're done. Go go hunt some ducks. We're done with you. I'm thinking. Last, all right, like, with that in mind, this is no, part week ten. Nice. That's that's I, I, mine was week eleven, so I was totally I was I'm in the same boat as you guys. Um. It is we is our part two, the final part of our NFL preview. Our NFL preview is a little different. Than our college preview, like we don't make playoff and Super Bowl predictions yet. We make them week one of the NFL season on that Thursday show because it's always been kind of our tradition. We make we at least just do the division breakdowns. Last week talked about the off season with the amazing Mr. Ryan McCarthy. Um, now we have the human computer on to talk NFL records, teams, everything that's gone in the off season. And we'll start with the AFC East, Matt's division. Because this division, I, I every day I look at it, it gets more fugues. You talked to me two weeks ago, I had the Patriots in last place. You talked to me today, in the middle of Patriots country, I still have the Patriots in last place. Hmm. So with that in mind, how are you boys feeling about this division? What do you guys think? Where you got, we'll go start. We'll start at the top of the top. Of the top. Buffalo Bills, Super Bowl favorites, or at least top three, according to Vegas. I have the record at a high of 14 and three and a low of 13 and four. I really, it's a one or two game difference to me, unless Josh Allen gets hurt. God bless. Hope he doesn't. Yeah, I agree. I got, I got it pretty similar, just a game under. I've got it like, I got them going 13 and four. And then lowest, lowest twelve and five, and I don't even think twelve and five is a possibility. Honestly, I think thirteen and four is pretty much where I'm going to see them at. I think this is the year Buffalo is going to be that legit team. I mean, I know they don't have Cole Beasley, but Jamison Crowder is a very good receiver. They got Gabriel Davis, Zay McKenzie, um, the Khalil Shakir. I think has been lighting up preseason. I think they're going to be just fine this year. Ain't there a shot to get OBJ too? Like it's like an outside. They, they they're like the not the leader, yeah. but they're like the number three, two or three in the clubhouse to get OBJ. Yeah, yeah, I mean, when Kelsey and I did our preseason predictions, we went through the records of each team. I had the Bills at 13 and four as well. I think their floor is maybe 11 and seven just because they do have those weird games like Jacksonville last year where they just score like three points. Like they've just had mm-hmm. those random duds per year. So I think there's a chance they could have that, but 13 and four to 11 and seven. I, it, there's no, ch- I don't think there's a chance in heck they can get below 10 barring an injury. Yeah, I completely agree. It's you know what the weirdest thing is like I just pray for Josh Allen's health because I, I think Josh Allen's the best quarterback in football and it's mm-hmm. not even close. I do not like how much people still overhype Mahomes because he's the most marketable. Josh Allen has a better arm. Josh Allen's faster. Josh Allen's bigger. He's stronger. 
And also, Josh Allen has a less offensive-minded head coach. Where, like, listen, let's let's be honest. The Walrus is the greatest offensive head coach I've seen since Bill Walsh. <laughs> Am I wrong? I just never called him the Walrus before, so I'm never going to be able to. Well, Big Red, the Walrus. He's got a th- listen in Philadelphia. He's got forty-five thousand <laughs> nicknames. We call him Santa Claus. We call him. We call him um, uh, Saint Andy. In Philadelphia, Andy Reid walks down the street in Philadelphia. The, we kiss the ground he walks on because he built mm-hmm. that franchise post Buddy Ryan. If every single coach in the NFL right now was a free agent and I could have my pick in anybody, I'm starting with Andy Reid. Yeah, I'm Andy Reid. I'm taking uh, Sirianni as the OC. Um, I'm grabbing McDermott as a DC and uh, Harbaugh as a special teams. That's that's our t- if we have to do Team USA. That's my that's my team. Like I, I like Sirianni's ground and pound and play action run game. I think it will be it, it, of course because he's part of the whole Reed coaching tree, so it'll work perfectly with him. He'll want one of his younger guys. I like McDermott, who's also by the way uh, Andy Reed coaching tree. He was the Eagles DC for like four years. And then uh, give me John Harbaugh, also the Reed coaching tree, <laughs> as a special teams guy. All of, by the way, all three of those guys have some. I love the fact that Andrew Reed is like has like the greatest coaching tree of all time. His net, his net's as good as it gets. It's not like it's not like the Belichick tree where they leave, they suck, they come back. Andy Reed's they leave and they thrive, and some of them outperform him even at first for a little bit too. Shout Dougie P. <laughs> Saint Douglas of the House of Visors. What do we? Oh uh, my God. All right, we we're we're at, we're at, we're at, we're at the New York Jets. New York Jets. Fi- uh, let's make firemen happy. All right. So you know what? Barring that Zach Wilson's okay. I like their roster. I have the Jets at seven and nine as my my ballpark. I have a low of six and ten. I have a high of ten and seven. Like they could surprise a lot of dudes and start live if Zach Wilson plays to his potential, that offense gets after it. But this also is caveating that the Dolphins are trash. Which could very well happen if the Dolphins have a couple things go wrong. But so uh, it's more it's more or less they're gonna be like a seven and nine team. That's that's where I think they're gonna be at. Or they're gonna be in third place, but it's gonna be a very like, oh, like, oh, like you're the twenty sixteen Eagles. Oh, okay. See, there's some hope here. It's just you're not good enough yet, but you're good. I've got uh I think it's seven and ten, right? Because the seventeen. Seven and ten. Nine. That's why I said sorry. I'm so used yeah. to seven and nine. I the Jeff my, Fisher we, record. Realistically, I'm I'm going seven and ten right now, mostly because as like a what I think they can finish as potential wise. Um, with Zach Wilson's injury bearing, I'm not really sure how many games he's going to miss. I definitely don't think he's going to play Week One, even though they say he's questionable. I'll I'll give him a low of five and twelve, um, with a prediction of seven and ten, and then if an absolute high, which is if they get off on a hot start and Zach Wilson comes back and they pick it up, I'd say about nine and seven. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I like. I have them going six and eleven. I think they're just. I think they're one year away. They got so many young, nice parts that just need some. They just need. I mean, they had what four or five picks in the first two rounds this year. They just need to get a little bit of burn. So I think six and eleven. The high I think is about nine and eight. Very competitive, kind of in that mix. Low, I think it could still be an unfortunately low low of like a four and thirteen, just because you have all those young guys. I think they could be real competitive, but not know how to close it out. So. Give me six and eleven, but anywhere between four and nine is kind of the range I'm looking. I agree. Fair enough. All right, we're talking Miami Dolphins, the second best team in South Beach. Shout out to the play Saturday. I am so ecstatic. 
Oh my god. I know we're gonna kick the piss out of Beth Angerkin, but it's like TVD with this offense. I'm ecstatic. Jalen Knight might run for like 400 yards against Beth Angerkin. Yeah, they get they let him, yeah, easily. He, he is my favorite. By the way, he's like my favorite running back for draft class of 2024. Like, I think this dude is going to be like one of those dudes. Like, where he'll be like a Najee Harris. It's like you have to take him in the first round, even though you don't want to. Even more than Bijan Robinson out of Texas. Well, I think Bijan's going to go higher. The thing is with Knight, Knighton's, Knighton's more explosive than Robinson, where Knighton can literally, like, he's like a bigger Kenny Gangwell where he can play receiver and get out wide and catch balls downfield. I guess he's like a healthier McCaffrey. Because he's so shifty and he refuses. Like, I watched this dude run through three Alabama linebackers and get five yards. I was like, like, this dude's like 190 pounds and just went through two, like, D1 all five-star prospects. All right, cool. Well, yeah, no, I'm I'm excited for you, but Miami Dolphins. I like Mike McDonald. I love his uh, Matt McDonald. I love his attitude. I love how his interview on McAfee is still one of the funniest ones I've ever listened to. I love their roster. I don't love their quarterback. Tua has to prove to me he can do this, and it's the perfect roster. I would not touch Jalen Waddle and fancy the ten foot Paul. I think all of his his stats are all volume based, and the thing is now you have Tyreek Hill who's going to demand ten catches a game. You also have Cedric Wilson as a slot receiver who's going to demand at least five or six to ten. And you also have Mike Kosicki, the world's most overrated tight end, who's going to demand five to ten balls a game. They have 15 running backs. And in a running-heavy system, I think Tua might be able to stay away from the turnovers. I have their ceiling at 10 and 7. I have their floor at, I'd say, 6 and 11. I think there could be something, something's going wrong. I think Tua could throw them out of a couple games. Um, but then you have Teddy Two Gloves as a backup. So I, I don't know. It's like the Dolphins are like a weird unknown to me. So I, I, I fine. I'll say this 11 and 6, 8 and no, not 8. Um, 7 and 10 is their window to me. I, I'll, I'll give them an extra one because Teddy Two Gloves is their backup. I've got my prediction is also their high. I think they're, I think they can go 10 and 7. Um, and I think that's the high too is ten and seven, and I'll, the lowest I'll give them is the lowest I'll give them. I, I think they can run away with at least eight wins, so I'll give them like an eight and nine low and a prediction and a high of ten and seven. Fair, DJ. competing for a wild card. I kind of like their team, and I think Tua. I think he was. I think he's still the third quarterback of those three from that draft class. I still think there's a gap, but I think he's going to prove a little people wrong this year. I think getting a coach that doesn't hate your guts is going to help a lot too. So mm-hmm. I had Heather ceiling, which is my prediction at 11 and six. I think they're going to find a way to give everybody the ball floor. I think the floor is nine and eight. I mean, they went nine and eight the last two years with a coach that hates the quarterback, an owner. That's, that's a whole separate mess in itself and a significantly less roster too. I mean, Armstead at left tackle, a depth of running backs, multiple guys at receiver now, and Mike McDaniel as the head coach. He's gonna he's gonna find some fun with those two. So I think eleven and six for them. I think they're gonna be in a wild card contention spot. All right, fair enough. Um, if Tua stays healthy, like that's if Tua. This is the whole caveat to everything. Also, if Tua is good, because if Tua is dog shit, like if Tua just can't like get Tyreek and they start having issues with that, then we got a whole other ball game of issues. <laughs> I just need game manager to a game manager, Baker Mayfield, basically. I just need something along those lines. <clears throat> Fair enough. We'll try to speed this along. Um, you know, Patriots, we'll make this quick and simple for uh, my master's people surrounding me right now. I'm <laughs> fearing for my life. Um, the Patriots are not good. 
I don't know what Bill's planning unless he's figured about 17 undrafted free agents from Nowhereville State that are going to just turn into the ghosts of um, um, what's his freaking name? David Givens and Julian Edelman, Danny Amendola, freaking uh, uh, Willie McGinnis and Teddy Brute. Like, we're just going to keep pulling random guys out of Nowhereville State. And they're going to be dominant. Great, but I don't see that happening. I think Mac's going to keep Mac is a good enough quarterback where they're going to stay semi relevant. So their ceiling to me is eight and nine, and their floor is say six and eleven. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, my prediction for their record would be seven and nine or seven, seven and, and ten. ten. Sorry, we keep yeah. yeah. I keep thinking seven and ten, seven nine and one. There you go. <laughs> their bill's going to get a tie this year, <laughs> and the sky's going to fall. I give them seven and ten, uh, um, an absolute high to me, which to me is even pushing it to say they'll get nine wins, just because, like you said, Mac Jones is a pretty solid quarterback, and I think can keep them relevant as long as everybody around him stays healthy as well. Um, and an absolute low, agree with you, six wins. Um, I just think this is all a recipe for disaster with the play calling. I completely agree. On that. It's, for them, I had that. I think they have one of the biggest gaps of a lot of these teams. Too. I think their high potential is 11 wins if Mac Jones basically turns into the dot king and Devontae Parker looks like he's playing a Louisville again. But I think their floor is something along the lines of 4 and 13. Like, I think they, because what is Bill doing? Who's calling the plays? What is going on? You drank way too much of your own Kool Aid and now it's a mess. So I'm going to stick them in the middle and say they go 8 and 9 just because they'll pick up some easy wins here or there. So, but I do oh, yeah. agree. I, I think Mac Jones is really nice. All right, we're gonna start speed running these a little bit. We're gonna, we'll we'll, gotcha. we'll try to do so. The rest of the game, we'll do sentence per because we're already halfway through the show, mm-hmm. and also like uh, by the end of this, I will be a black screen basically. Thank God it's only audio recording, but mm-hmm. I got to Matt. This is also a test run for how we're gonna do this for the live show. So mm-hmm. I may just do it on our downstairs porch where there's that ample lighting for the Thursday show. Obviously, when DJ will be back, and so will Andrew and possibly surprise guest uh, Cruise Oxen writer and uh, Nick Perkins from the Cruise Oxport Pod. All go. good things. All good things. So, NFC. Actually, no, we'll go to DJ's division. AFC South. I'm starting with the Colts. DJ is going to make you smile. <laughs> my uh, my ceiling fans, thirteen and four. Wow. I think they are going to kick the shit out of eighty percent of that division. <laughs> um, my floor for them is ten and seven. I think they are a good team. I think they are a well organized team. I think they're a team that thrives off running the ball, good defense, not making mistakes. They got rid of Carson Wentz, who literally is known for making mistakes, and they got Matt Ryan, whose biggest mistake was having Dan Quinn as a uh, as a head coach and, and Shanahan as an OC. I will never blame Matt Ryan for that 28-3 blow, blown lead. That was all coaching, because that play calling towards the end was so scary. It was like Sean McVay against the Patriots. Colts wise, I got them. I, my prediction for them would be eleven wins. Um, a ceiling for me would be twelve wins. And if I, the lowest I'll give them is nine wins, only because I just fear for their like one Michael Pittman injury away from just kind of not having too many scraps at wide well, receiver. Hey, listen, you can. There's always good receivers in free agency. We also they also go get an OBJ too. Of, we don't know. They could. No, that's very true. Um, you got I the McAfee a, effect. He pulls guys there. <laughs> Also get um, Jim or a brother who will find ways to pay him. <laughs> nah, but yeah, I mean, I know you got um, 
You know, you got Moali Cox. You got that rookie tight end that they just drafted. You got your double head running back. You got Alex the great, still got the great offensive Pierce, line, brother. Yeah, you got the, still got the great offensive Pierce, line. Man. I think as long as everybody's healthy, Pittman and Pierce are going to be a great combo. So I'll, I'll give them eleven wins with a high of twelve and a low of nine, just in case any injuries occur. Oh, by the way, quick before DJ goes, because I know this team. My favorite comment about their roster was Pat McAfee, who's like six two, six three. He's a big dude. Goes. I have never been such around such large humans on that offense. On that offense, Matt Ryan six five, JT's at least six foot, aka the best running back in football. Then you also have Pierce who's six three, Pittman six four. Then you have Molly Cox who's like six seven. Their other tight ends like six five. It's like they're just tower people. So listen, like honestly, worst case scenario, just chuck it up to one of these guys. One of them's up there somewhere at this point. Just throw it vertically. Doesn't he have to just throw it straight into the sky? So I like the sound of this one. So I hope you guys are right for the ceiling. I have them going 12 and five, just because the AFC South, the floor I have going nine and eight because they do play the AFC West. And that could be a pain in the ass as well, too. I mm-hmm. put them at 11 and six. Cause I think they'll, they'll steal enough wins defense. I think it's going to be lights out. They actually could play man coverage. Now with Stefan Gilmore mm-hmm. instead of zone every play. <clears throat> Should we move on oh, to yeah. Jared's second favorite team? The Titans. Hmm. <laughs> Fuck the Titans. Um, I'm I'm on team AJ Brown all day. Uh, we're gonna go on to the Jacksonville Jaguars, our girl Beth's team. This team is interesting to me. I think Peterson's got something cooking down there. I think they got something. They're gonna they're gonna struggle early. They're gonna lose a couple games, but their record, their game, their schedule is not bad. It's a it's like middle of the pack, but it's all like if Lawrence is as good as we he was supposed to be coming out of college. ETN and Robinson are healthy enough and Christian Kirk plays halfway up to that contract. That's a solid team. I think also Marvin, we're also ignoring the fact that Marvin Jones and Zay Jones are great, are great two and three behind Mm -hmm. Christian Kirk. So it's not a bad roster. They have a decent defense. And honestly, I think Trevon Walker is like, has like everyone's like, because he's going to want to pick the hats, put him as a higher shot. But like, don't be surprised if Walker actually has a good camp because freak pass rushers are like the best thing to work with as rookies because you can just mold them to your system. So give me the Jacksonville Jaguars as a high of nine and eight and a floor of four and thirteen. They're gonna have the highest, they're gonna have my biggest spread this year. But they all because I think I don't know what the hell we're pulling out of that hat, but at the same time, like they could easily be a solid roster and win a lot of like what the fuck games. My uh my low for them is five wins. My prediction for them would be seven and ten, and my high for them will be nine and eight. Um, I think I don't know how to make this make sense. I feel like they have a lot of guys. But that's that's all they have. Like you, like you look. Oh, they revamped their offense. Like they got Christian Kirk, who's never had a thousand yards of pan, twenty four million a year. They got Evan Ingram, who can't catch the ball. They got you know James Robinson, who didn't look like rookie James Robinson, and then Etienne, who's not proven yet in the NFL. So I think they got a lot of question marks on offense, even though they did upgrade. But I'll give them at least seven wins, and I think anything over five is going to be progression for them with the new head coach. I will. I, I see your questions and raise you one, Doug Peterson. <laughs> the, the, the the mad the mad uh, visor man himself. Like, listen, if there's anybody can figure out a team full of guys with talent that are misfits, it's the guy with the visor. I think Doug is going to literally have a blast with that roster. 
I think there, I think there's something going on down there, but I think it's still going to take a little bit of time. So I think for the floor for them, I have another three and 14 season for the ceiling. I have about eight and nine. I think as great as Peterson can be, it's going to take a full year to undo urban Myers, Tom Foolery, but for them to even get back on track. So that I think was it the best take... way to perfect Tom. Foolery. <laughs> so I think the this year you know, with Doug Peterson at his best, they can still get eight and nine just to undo that mess. But I think, they're another one kind of like the Jets. They are a year away from, oh, shoot, everybody look out. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, I, I I fully agree with that. I think we're all on the same page today. I don't think anybody's got some Fugay's prediction yet. Here comes mine. Tennessee Titans. So I have a bold prediction that Malik Willis will play by week eight. I think I said this on your show, you and, DJ, you and Kelsey show, DJ. I think I said on your show, I think Malik Willis is going to just keep, like, like he played good enough in the free season. I think Mike Vrabel just gets pissed he runs too much, but at the same time, mm. it's like the dude knows how to improvise. Mm. And I think Tannehill's going to throw them out of a couple games. I have the Tennessee Titans. Their ceiling to me is not eight wins, eight and nine. Their floor is four and 13. I think they really could have a rough season. I think they're going to lose a game or two to Jacksonville. I think they might lose a game or two to the Texans. I think the Texans may not be the worst team in this division this year because the fact that Lovey Smith knows how to call an aggressive turnover-causing defense. I think Mike Vrabel is going to have a stomach ulcer dealing with Ryan Tannehill regressing as a pro quarterback. I, um, you know, a big factor to remember is that so far they got a healthy Derrick Henry, and Derrick Henry has won them games in the past um, just by running for 200 something yards a game. I, so bearing that he stays healthy the entire year, I think the Titans can win. I, I think the Titans can win eight games. I think a ceiling is 10, and I think that's a pretty high ceiling for him. And I, I give him a low, I, I give him a low of six wins. I don't know if that's too low or not, but. I just I'm not sold on Traylon Burks right now. Robert Woods is old and he's coming off an injured year. Um, yes, you have Derrick Henry, but you don't have anybody behind him. Offensive lines, all right. You got no tight end. Um, I just I think Malik Willis starts by week twelve, like around week twelve. I think Malik Willis can come and play the last four or five games, but I can see them going eight wins with a high of ten and a low of six. We're actually Fair. in a very similar spot. I think their high is about 10 as well. Their low, I have them at about five. So I gave them seven and 10. If th- I agree, Ryan Tannehill, he, re- he is regressing. It's not that he is just plateauing. He is actually getting worse. Derrick Henry, I'm concerned. Do those injuries start to pile up once you crack the it's armor? The mileage, baby. And then Traylon Brooks, he's, I wasn't a big fan of Traylon Brooks kind of the draft. He was like receiver eight or something for me. I just wasn't as high on him. So he's not even going to give you 50% of what AJ Brown was giving you, even on the Chipotle. So I think it's going to be a rough season for the Titans. They can win because of the defense, but I don't think they can get past 10. AJ Brown's going to have like 12, uh, like 1800 yards receiving because he's switching from Chipotle to Geno's and Pats. And everyone knows like Philly cheesesteaks are just good for your soul. So (laughs) AJ Brown's going to have like 1800 yards because he won't die every Sunday because of Chipotle. Um, also there's like no Chipotle's near the Eagle stadium. So it's like, yes. Hmm. All right. Uh, last but not least, we'll speed run this one. Uh, Houston Texans loving the boys. I-, I love lovey Smith. That's my dude. He has the greatest beard of all time. Their ceiling to me in the pre Josh McCowan year is six and 11. Their floor is two and 15. I think lovey is going to be a pain in the ass to teams. They're going to lose a lot of games. That's a very aggressive bet. Um, <laughs> the, they're going to lose about a lot of games that are close. They're going to be last year's Lions, where they're going to be in a lot of games. I think D- Davis Mills is the next like 
Where the hell did he come from, quarterback? He's going to be decent. He's going to throw him into some wins. I like their offense. Their defense is going to cause some turnovers. It's just not good enough. It's a talent issue with Tennessee. I mean, with Houston, and they're going to you know suffer. They're grooming Josh McCown to be their next head coach. Lovey's doing this out of a favor. He probably owes the McNairs from somewhere back in the day. And there you go. I uh, I have very little hopes for the Texans having a good season this year. I'm not sold on Lovey Smith as a coach. I kind of I think we're all on the same page that Josh McCown's probably going to be the coach next year, and I hope he brings Lovey Smith back as a defensive coordinator or something. But I I think honestly my my ceiling for them is five wins. My realistic prediction for them is is four wins, and I'm not comfortable with four. And my low for them is two. My, my, my head, they're five one team. <laughs> my low for them is also two. The high for them is I think five, honestly, as well. I just there's just because they don't have the horses, even if they're a perfectly coached game, I feel like they'll just end up falling short to a team that has more blue chip type players. So I'll give them three and fourteen. Hopefully it's not Josh McCown because I think that just kind of set them back. But we'll we'll see if they do if they end up hiring Josh McCown. But it Listen, Josh McCown is a G. That man kept that 2019 Eagles roster intact because Carson was starting to pull his bullshit. That man is a gentleman, a scholar, and Philadelphia owes him a favor. Um, go ahead and we'll, we'll try to speed run uh, the AFC West and South. Um, the West, let's just put this perspective. It's going to be a murderer's row. I don't think any team's finishing above 12 wins because they're all going to beat each other. Give me the Los Angeles Chargers at 12-5 and five as the division winner. Um, their floor to me is 9-8. and eight. If that happens, we may have a problem with Brandon Staley possibly being chipped. Um, Justin Herbert is one of the top three most talented quarterbacks in this, in this league. The fact that he better stats than Brady last year and finished 40 while Brady finished first in the NFL 100 is bullshit. Um, Khalil Mack and Joey Bose is a scary fucking pass rush. JC Jackson as their number one corner is even ter- more terrifying. We saw what it did for the Rams when they got Ramsey. And honest to God, I just love everything about that roster. I, I they could use another. I, I listen. You want to talk about a team who could use uh, Jalen Rager, Chargers, as their third guy, as a deep threat, just to kind of stretch the field. I um. There's another guy. Yeah, there's, I think there's a lot of teams that Jalen Rager can go to. Honestly, that can be the the immediate plugged in third slot guy. And I think Chargers are one of them. Um, Chargers wise, I've got them at a high of 13 wins. My prediction is they're going to go 12 and five and my absolute low for them is 10 wins. I honestly think this is the year Justin Herbert breaks out. And I think this is the year that the chiefs take that division. Okay. I chargers or chiefs. You just said you had, oh, sorry, chargers. <laughs> okay. I think it's the best roster in football. And I think their offensive line is going to be an absolute unit this year. So the high for them I have is 15. The low I have for them is 12. I have them going 14 and three. I, like I do think this. the division, they're basically going to split with the Chiefs and probably split a little bit too. But I think they're going to smack that heck out of everybody else. And it's gonna I think and I'm going to up my ceiling to 13 wins and my my base pick is 12. It, it's, it's um, yeah. um, we'll go next. Chiefs, listen, you got to give Mahomes and Kelsey and Reed their respect. I think they lost a little. I don't think Justin Reed's the same as Honey Badger. I think they're going to lose a little bit in those turnovers at the back end of the games. Because um, Honey Badger was that defense. I do like their front seven. I mean, their front four. I just I don't trust it. I think they're going. They're they're stealing this year. They they could also have one of those years where it's like Mahomes throws them out of a couple games and throws them into a couple games and they win on like a last second field goal from uh, Santos and they just kind of just 
or no, who Bucker? Bucker's a kicker, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Who Cairo Sanders kicks for who? I don't even know if he kicks for anybody anymore. I don't know either. Anyway, I thought I knew so Bucker's going to get him a couple quick wins at the end of the year just because he's one of the best kickers in football. Honest to God, down to my head prediction, they are a their ceiling is twelve wins. Their floor is ten wins. It, it's not really much. They're making the playoffs. It's still Mahomes. It's still Reed. It's still Kelsey. They're just not going to have those Tyreek Hill Honey Badger games where it's just like, how the fuck did they just win that shit? Yeah. Like they I, shouldn't have beat. If it wasn't for Tyreek Hill, they would not have beaten the freaking Bills. I agree with you. Um, I've got the low of 10, my actual prediction of 11 wins, and my high of 12 wins. Um, you know, you replace Tyree Kill with um, Sky Moore, who is yet to obviously to see what he does in the NFL. I hear Juju is doing very well down there. Um, a big thing, too, I think people forget is they let Tyron Matthew go and they replaced him with, was it Justin Reed or Eric Reed or something like that? Justin Reed. Justin Reed. So, not a big upgrade at all in that position when you had I Tyron think Justin Reed's still a top five, top 10 safety. The problem is just like he's old. Yeah. I mean, so with Honey Badger, but it's like he's not the same player. No, no, but I think this is the year that the Chiefs take a step down a little bit instead of having mm-hmm. that dominant 13-14 season. So I give them a low of 10, an actual of 11, and a high of 12. Fair enough. All right, the Raiders. Oh, we my skipped God. DJ. I, uh, oh, sorry, DJ. I'm sorry. <laughs> no worries. I'll go quick. So I have the high and the actual of 13. I think the defense will be nice. And I think offensively, they're going to be a lot more precise and I think a little more efficient. So less Patty throwing them out of games. The low, I still think, is 10 for the exact same reasons. It's Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. They can't get less than double digits. Mm-hmm. Do you think they win the division? You know, you have the Chargers. So I think this is where we're going to split here because I think you have the Broncos in third. I have the Raiders in third. I'm going to start off the Raiders. I think. The Chandler Jones Max Crosby pass rush is going to be a nightmare for teams. They're going to have, yes, an inexperienced cornerback core, but at the same time, I think Josh McDaniels is a lot more systematically sound than Sal Pasachi. As much as I love the Paisan, mm. I, I, I think it, they were stretching themselves thin last year. I think Derek Carr is going to have an amazing season with Devontae Adams. Darren Waller is going to also have an amazing season because now he's not going to be triple covered. Renfro is going to be great. I love the fact that Josh Jacobs isn't even the primary back, it's going to be Zier White who I think was like one of the most slept on running backs in this class. I just, I think the Raiders are going to surprise a lot of teams. They're not going to, their, their ceiling to me is 11 and seven. I mean, 11 and 10, uh, 11 and six. Sorry. I can't do math. Um, And their floor to me is nine and eight. They're going to be that third place team. I think they're going to absolutely just surprise a lot of people. I think it really just comes down to like, Hey, we're going to just kind of just keep moving. We're going to keep rolling along. There's going to be a lot of close games, obviously. But at the end of the day, this this roster is amazing. And I think that it really just comes down to can they win those last-second possessions like they did in weeks one and two last year on those walk-off wins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like the Raiders a lot this season. I'm really excited to see the pairing of um, Derek Carr with Devontae Adams and also with the new head coach, um, Josh uh, McDaniels. Um, for those reasons, I had them at a high of 12 wins. Um, realistically, I think they're going to finish with 10 wins. And I give them the low of nine just because of recent history. They always start off six and three. They start off really high, and all of a sudden they fade out in the end. So because of history, until they prove me wrong, I'm going to give them a low of nine, a high of 12, and an actual of 10. Beautiful. All right, I love I like this roster a lot as well. I think it's going to be the best offense in football this year. I think it's going to be statistically number one. I have the high for them at twelve and five, which is my actual record for them as well, because I think the pass rush will also get there. The low, 
still giving him 10 wins because that that's still the best offense in football. Josh McDaniels will scheme up to cover the offensive line def- deficiencies too. So give me 12 and five. Amazing. All right. And finally, Broncos country. Let's ride. Broncos country. Let's ride. ride. The division. Broncos country. Shit. Let's ride. Um, <laughs> I have the Denver Broncos as a high going 10 and seven. I have as a floor going six and 11. Now bear with me. I think Nathaniel Hackett's going to struggle in his first year with not Aaron Rodgers. I think, we, I think the Seattle issue is never just Seattle. I think Russ Peters off the end of the season. He doesn't have like a Kyler Murray excuse. Like call of duty came out. Hmm. He has to actually play. Um, my other biggest thing was, Hey, let's, Let's look at the Broncos, okay? Like their their roster, their secondary is okay. It's good, but like you're trying to tell me Ronald Darby is a good number two cornerback. He's not, and their safeties are eh. Their pass rush is okay. Randy Gregory is good, but he's not Von Miller. Can Bradley Chubb stay healthy? Do they have good middle linebackers? It's like there's a lot of question marks on the other side of the ball. And it's starting to make me think, okay, like yeah, they have Javante Williams who's going to run for probably 1,200, 1,300 yards this year. I don't want to hear this Melvin Gordon slant, this Melvin Gordon hype. He's going to get a lot of short yardage touchdowns because he's a bruiser. He also could get traded midseason if they have like if there's a market for a running back. So it really comes down to what you guys think the Broncos' talent ceiling is because the problem is they're the fourth best roster in that defense in the division. Mm-hmm. They have the third best quarterback, but they have the fourth best roster. They have the second best running back. I no, they might have the best running back, honestly. Uh, they have the best running back in that division, honestly. Oh, no, second. I think Austin Eckler's better. Um, yeah, they have the second best running back, but they have, what, the fourth best number one receiver? Oh, no, I say third because Juju's worse than Jerry Judy. Um, but, yeah, no, seriously. And Sutton, and it's it's an okay team, but they lost a tight end. And I don't know. I've been rambling. You guys go. I'm going to go turn a light on here so it looks like you see something. <laughs> Um, so I think obviously Russell Wilson is still a fantastic quarterback. He's a, a giant upgrade over, um, Drew Locke and is the best quarterback they've had since Peyton Manning. Um, you can't tell me otherwise that Nathaniel Hackett went to Denver because Denver believed that they could go and get Aaron Rodgers. I think that was 100% a, I just signed Nathaniel Hackett to be my head coach because we were getting Aaron Rodgers and it backfired. So they went to plan B. I'm giving them a nine and eight record with a high of 11, 11 wins and a low of eight. I think it's going to be a tough division all around. I think they have a pretty good offensive roster. I think Russell Wilson is going to be just fine with them. I need to see how Nathaniel Hackett's going to be down that they didn't get the quarterback that they wanted. Um, I think there's a chance that the entire AFC West could possibly take up all the wild cards and everything like that. But I think this year is this is like a learning curve for Hackett. So I think the Broncos go realistically nine wins high of 11, low of eight. And next year I think is when they can take that next step with uh, Russell Wilson. Have their ceiling being about 11 wins. I think the floor can be at about six. I have them going nine and eight. I think they have some good pieces, but they don't fit together. Russell Wilson's great, but those receivers, Corlin son, Jerry Judy, they're really good, but they do not fit the play styles. Jerry Judy is an elite route runner who gets open. He's not a necessarily a burner. He can get deep, but he's not DK Metcalf, which is what Russell Wilson throws nothing under 30 yards. So I think it's just a weird mix of players. So I, I am going nine and eight. My co-host actually has him going four and 13. So he is thinking it's going to be an absolutely miserable year. This in is my why life. Kelsey's my dog. 
DJ, I love you both dearly, but me and Kelsey, for him being a Cowboys fan, he's actually surprisingly intelligent. Um, <laughs> Kelsey, I'm sorry, he's a Cowboys and Auburn fan, so he should literally just be like inverted brain dead, but he's not. He's actually a very smart human being, and and he's right on point. I think the, the Broncos could have a real problem. Like, there's a lot of pieces missing that should be there for that roster. It's a lot of square peg and circle hole feels to, to that, that team as I well, too. It's like, well, that's great, but that doesn't make sense. <laughs> All right. Moving on, AFC North. We'll try to start speed because the NFC is going to be so much fun to talk about. And AFC North, none of us have a dog in that race. Um, winner, I have the Cincinnati Bengals. I have a high of 13 wins. I have a floor of 10. I think they are going to have a great season offensively. I think as long as everyone stays healthy, they're going to get after the ball, right? They're going to get after and play defense. I think they improved in every other aspect except – Keeping Eli Apple. I don't know why the fuck they kept him, but they did. <laughs> Mr. Burnt Toast himself. <laughs> but, like, listen, like, as much as I want to dog on Eli Apple and shit on him for hours on end, it's still a great roster. You still have Joe Shiesty. You still have the best receiving core in football, according to me and Matt. Um, I really think they're just going to light a lot of teams up. And the thing is, in that division, you only need – 11 or 12 wins to beat them. It's not like it was back when Lamar, like when the Ravens had all those weapons. Now it's just Lamar and Rashad Bateman, and they hope to God J.K. Dobbins can run. With the Bengals, when you know what I really love about them is that you know their defense wasn't strong, wasn't it wasn't I don't know if it's if you say very strong, but it's this year it's still not as much different as it was last year, in my opinion. But you got a team that lost the Super Bowl week and in the playoffs and everything, they didn't have protection for the quarterback and they go out and they get three different offensive linemen for Joe Burrow. I've got them. And that was the only thing they really needed to fix was just a protection for Joe Burrow. Um, I've got them with a ceiling of 14 wins. I'm going high on them. 14 wins. Mm-hmm. I got them at a prediction of 12 wins and a, and a low and absolute low of 10 bearing any sort of crazy circumstances. But I think they got the best wide receiver trio in the league. I think Joe Mixon is going to have a very good year with this better offensive line. There's going to be more protection. So I'm giving them a high of 14 and actual 12 and a low of 10. I like it. I think it's going to be, I think they're going to be electric. I think they're going to run the ball surprisingly well this year too, with that rebuilt offensive line, not just Joe Burrow throwing it all over the yard. So I, I have them going 12 and five. I think the high is 14 and three. If everything clicks, I think the lowest 10 and seven, just because of Super Bowl hangover. I just think, they're going to be able to do a lot of whatever they want offensively, kind of similar to the Raiders. I think they're going to be one, they're going to be in contention for that number one offense spot too. All right, Baltimore Ravens. My ceiling for them is eleven and six. My floor is seven and nine. I don't know what to expect from this roster. I don't understand what I'm getting. What are the fuck are they doing on offense? Do they have some? Is Devin Duvernay like secretly like the next Hunter Renfro, or he's just going to pop off and nobody's going to understand why? Is is Rashad Bateman like this unbelievable receiver nobody's heard of yet? Well, we also know who he is, but like, he's, is he that good? To me, it's gonna be just they're gonna win a games because they're gonna win games. But my honestly, got predictions are a ten and seven, nine and eight team where they're gonna just miss the playoffs because they're not. They're in the AFC. Who's gonna have three wild, two wild card teams out of the West, and probably one out of the, the South? 
Yeah, I um, I feel the same way. I'm not really sure what to expect from this team. I, I could be the only one that's not really sold on them right now. I mean, you you don't you know you got Rashad Bateman as your number one right now. You've got you know Mark Andrews and Charlie Kohler at your tight end position. You know you got Kenyon Drake at running back, who's like your RB one right now because I don't think there's any Gus Edwards or J.K. Dobbins right now. I I've got this team. I think honestly, I'm giving them a ceiling of eleven in my actuals ten, and I think okay. they missed a wild card. I guess, it's time, I guess it's time for some contrarianness now because I'm actually high on the Ravens. I think they're my actual prediction and my high for them is 13 and four. I think my low for them is 10. I love their defense. I like Marcus Williams with that secondary getting healthy. Kyle Hamilton getting to not have to play true safety, getting to be versatile. Adafi Owe, all the players that injured coming back. Offensively, I love Charlie Kolar's tight end two and Isaiah Likely as tight end three. Lamar doesn't need to throw in receivers. He throws the tight ends anyway. And I think they're going to run the living piss out of the ball to the point where it's almost painful how effectively they run it. I think it's going to be more than the Eagles last year, more than the Ravens of two years ago. I think they're going to find a way to defense and run and a pissed off Lamar Jackson trying to get paid on top of it. Well, I mean, he just liked a photo of him being like a Miami Dolphin, which is like, all right, good luck with that kid. Hmm. <laughs> um, I think that's good. I think the chemistry issue is going to be a problem with Lamar. I think Lamar might cause a stink about this. I don't know. It, everything about the Ravens, just everything feels off. I could see them being like last year's Eagles, where they just run the piss out of the ball and play good defense, and they win games. So I, I, I that's why I think they're going to be like the last wild card team, where they're going to be like ten and seven, eleven and six. And the only reason they're going to not be the last wild card team is because you're going to have the Chiefs and Raiders in front of them. Yeah, that's so, tough to do. Yeah. Oh yeah. All right, they're in the NFC, the, they're the number one seed. Oh, I'd say two, three seed. You know, what um, I mean, like in the NFC, yeah. they're a different horse. The NFC, the NFC. If they're in the NFC North, they win, they win the division. Um. Next up, Pittsburgh Steelers, um, the team that is literally defin- defined as mediocrity. They are the new Jeff Fisher Rams. Um, I think Najee is incredible. I think the defense is fun. But Mitch and Kenny, Kenny Heisman does not matter to me. I don't care who's throwing the damn ball. You can't throw the ball to what's-his-face, every Pickens in, or Pickens, Claypool. They have, a, they have a decent roster of weapons. The problem is just like everything about this team screams they're going to go nine. My ceiling for them is nine wins. Their floor for them is seven. They're going to be – Right in the middle of this year, nine, eight, or eight, nine, nine, and eight, or seven and ten. It's going to be in between this year. My, uh, you know, a little analyzing it a little more. Um, I like them. I like. I like their team. I think the biggest question mark is obviously the quarterback position. Is Trubisky going to be good? Is Kenny Pickett going to come in and light it up? I got mm-hmm. just because of Mike Tomlin. I got a low of eight wins, and I think their ceiling for me and their actual is ten. Um, I give them the over 500 record just because of Mike Tomlin. He's never had an under 500 record, um, mm-hmm. but I give him a low of eight with an actual and a high of 10. I'm a little bit lower on them. I have their high at about seven and their low at four, my actual at five. I like Najee Harris is fantastic. The receiving core is pretty good. Their defense, I think, is a little overrated because it's basically based on Cameron Hayward and TJ Watt getting a bunch of sacks or Minka Fitzpatrick having incredible range from center field. The other eight guys I think can get picked on. And dealing in that division and in the AFC, it's going to be rough going. So I think this will be the first sub-500 season for Mike Tomlin. I got him going 5-12. Fair enough. All righty, last but not least and probably last place, um, the <laughs> Cleveland Brands. Um, no receivers uh, besides Amari Cooper, who disappears in big games anyway. You have Jacoby Brissett probably starting the first 11 games, if not him, probably like maybe Josh Dobbs. Um yeah, Kareem Hunt issues. 
I mean, you have Njoku, but like the defense is good. But it's like if you're losing by th- if you're losing by ten if you're losing by ten points, it's not going to freaking matter who's on your defense. Um, I think the pro the problem is they can't score. I think they're going to have a very anemic offense. I think they're going to they're going to be a set. Their 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 peak to me is they could finish with ten wins if they have five wins going into the the five Deshaun Watson can actually play this year. I think they're high for me, though. If I'm going to be really honest, is nine and eight, and their floor is seven and ten. I think they're going to be right there with Pittsburgh. I think it's going to be just the Watson thing is going to kill them this year. I think the NFL got their wish on the Browns for signing him with that lucrative contract. Is they're basically going to be victim to that suspension. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is going to be how many games can Jacoby Brissett win them in that first 11 or whoever could come in in case he gets hurt. Um, I've got them at a low of six wins um, with an actual of seven and a high of nine. I'm not high on them this year. Um, Deshaun Watson, I think, could win them the bulk of their games towards the end Mm -hmm. of the year. But in my honest opinion, they're one injury away from with Amari Cooper from having no receivers really. Um, besides just the running back threats and everything. I So I got them at a low of six, a high of – I don't even remember what I just said. What was it, a low of six, high of seven, and uh, what was it? High of nine, actual seven, a low of six. That's what it was. Fair enough. All right, let's 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 start hitting the AFC hard and fast. Um, AFC West – wait, DJ didn't go. Shit. <laughs> I'm trying to quick. keep us on a timeline because we're, we're rolling. It's great. It's just a problem. I'm trying to keep us like okay. in a certain schedule. I'll be quick. I like Jacoby a lot, so high of ten and seven, low of five and twelve. I'll give him nine because I like Jacoby, but I just, he's just not not enough. All right, yeah. we're, we're so for the NFC, we're going to try to keep it within a sentence and a prediction, and we'll try and even for me with the Eagles, as much as I want to talk for hours about them. Um, all right, we're so the AFC West talk about defending champs, uh, Los Angeles Rams. I have them going as a ceiling of thirteen wins. I have them as a floor of ten. Yes, they may not get as many crazy plays because they lost um, Vaughn Miller pass rushing, but they still have Floyd. They still have Bobby Wags, Aaron Donald, Helmet Smasher 2.0, and you know, best cornerback in football still, Jalen Ramsey. On that offense, you still have all the weapons. Yeah, you may have lost OBJ, but you've got Allen Robinson. It's like that's not a bad trade-up whatsoever. Uh, Van Jefferson's still nasty. It's and you have, of course, you know, Mr. Triple Crown Cooper Cup. So there you go. It's like the guy, it's it's just this team is going to be disgusting. They're going to beat a lot of teams badly. Um, I don't think they're going to win the Super Bowl this year, but they're going to be in the NFC Championship game, if not at least losing on a last second throw in the division playoffs. Uh, what do you guys think? I've got them. I think they have the best all around roster in the NFL in regards to like offense and defense as a whole. Um, I, I've got them at a ceiling of 13 wins, but I give them an actual of 11 just because I know they have a really difficult schedule. Um, and an absolute low is going to stay at 11. I think 11 is the low and 11 is a realistic win total for me, but I think they can squeak out a couple extra as a high at 13. Awesome. For the Rams, they're still absolutely loaded. So I have a high of 14. I have a low of 11. I have an actual of 12. You still you missed a, you lose one guy you still somehow gain three it's they're, they're still absolutely jacked and i think cooper cup's going to go off yet again if stafford is actually healthy that elbow's a little concerned all right um arizona cardinals i have them at a 9 and 7 record a 9 and 8 record is my actual prediction but my my what i think is my high for them is 11 wins and my low for them is 7 i think 
we're not done with Kyler's immaturity yet. I think losing Hop for six games is going to kill him in that offense. We saw how anemic it was when he was out last year. Um, and just, I don't know, man. It's just, it's not a, Hollywood Brown to me doesn't move the needle. Oh my God, he might catch a, a bomb or two, <clears throat> but it's, he's just fast. He's not an elite like route runner. He's just fast and he's short. So it's like with Murray, it's like, Hawk it. Hope he's there. And their running back core doesn't do anything for me either. So Yeah, I got them at a low of uh I got them at a low of seven with an actual of I'll give him nine. I mean, Marquise Brown's good receiver. He's not top fifteen. Uh he's you know, DeAndre Hopkins being out for the first six games of the season is gonna hurt them. They lose Chandler Jones on defense, even though they've still got like JJ Watt, but we all know JJ Watt's not gonna be healthy for the first like for the whole season. Um they got a lot of aging guys on that offense too. I don't know if they still have AJ Green, but you know Zach Ertz is getting up there. DeAndre Hopkins is getting up there. They still got AJ Green. He's up there. I give him a low of seven, actual the nine, and I'm going to cap him at a high of ten. If I don't even think they're going to get ten though, I'll give him a high of nine. I'll give him an actual of nine as well, but I'm going to give him a low of five. That that defense is very concerning because I don't know who's going to go after the quarterback, especially when JJ eventually does get dinged up too. They have no pass rush and their corners aren't that great either. Plus, offensively, very limited. Yeah, well, that's Chandler Jones going to kill him. Keeping Golden was the one thing that kept him alive. Hmm. Um, pass rush wise. All right. Um, San Francisco 49ers. I just don't know what to do with this one. So you, uh, Matt, you go first. I, I, I guess under the assumption Trey Lance starts, I guess, um, you know, Jimmy G started, I don't know, but with Trey Lance, I'm going to give him a high of, I'll give him a high of, I'll give him a high of 10 wins. Um, I still think they have a pretty solid defense. I, I like the offense. I mean, Elijah Mitchell is a situational running back to me, but I think he fits that system. Well, um, you know, obviously they have George Kittle as long as he can stay healthy. He's always going to be a top three, top four tight end. Um, you still got Debo Samuel and you got Brandon Ayuk on that, on the other flip side. It all depends on if Trey Lance is going to be that guy or not. I give him a high of 10, actual of nine and a low of six. This is a fun one. I'm going to give him a high of 12, but a low of three, because I don't know what's going on with this team. I'm going to give him an actual of six, because I think Trey Lance, he's got some learning curve to go through, and I think as a team, they're going to go through it. And every time the Niners are good, the next year they suck. So it's just you got to keep part with history at this point. I will stay on that point. I'm going to take the Niners as a high of seven and a low of five. I think the thing is, like, they're going to struggle. I think the Rams and the Cardinals are going to kick the piss out of them. Their schedule is not favorable. I think they're going to go have to go to Jimmy. I think Trey Lance is going to get himself hurt for a game or two because he's going to do something fucking stupid trying to run for a first down or something. So uh, when it really comes down to it, you really have to look at the fact that they're going to have to go to Jimmy G at some point and they're going to not be able to. It's not like when Jimmy G is going to have this elite. I think Elijah Mitchell is also going to re- like regress a little. He had a great, it was a great story last year, but it's like how much is he actually going to produce going forward? So I think I he's think- just a Raheem Mostert times two for them. Yeah. Uh, let's. Hit it with the Seahawks, and we'll try to speed run through the North and the South because they're both joke divisions. Um, Because we all know what we count on is the AFC East. I mean, NFC East to be our entertainment. Mm -hmm. Uh, Seahawks, I got them as a ceiling of seven wins and a floor of two wins. This could be our worst team in football, gentlemen. Um, 
I think Geno Smith limits them. I think at least with Drew Locke, they're going to win some games just on them chucking the rock a mile and a half. Um, I think DK is going to get fro- DK is going to get a lot of throws this year. If you have DK in fantasy, congratulations. He's going to catch a shit ton of balls because Geno Smith stares him down. Any Tower Lockett owners, I'm so sorry. Your season's over. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, they're awful. I think I don't know how Pete Carroll or John Schneider's doing. Um, this is just the most ultimate denial thing I've seen since Eli Manning post 2016. I'm I'm not surprised Geno Smith won the starting quarterback role. He he knows that offense. He's been there for a handful of years now. Um, I've got them with a ceiling of seven wins, and I think seven wins could be generous. Um, I mean, yes, they've got Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, but Geno Smith's not going to lead you to anything special. Noah Fant's not going to be healthy for the full year. And I don't know where we're going to get out of Rashad Penny or Kenneth Walker right now. Um, no Chris Carson's out. He's, he's retired and everything. That defense sucks. I give my a ceiling of seven. I give him an actual of five and a low of three. I'm going to give him a ceiling of six. I'm going to give him a low of one because I think that's a real potential. And I'm going to give him four as just my prediction. I just, there's a lot to not like here. There's just a lot. There's a lot to not care for. And I think we're going to see four different quarterbacks play for them. I don't know who they're going to be, but I think we're going to see a carousel there. We're going to see every every quarterback they got play for him. And I think this is the last year Chris uh, Pete Carroll is going to be a Seahawks coach. I think he retires after this frustration. All right, let's try to speed run the North. Anybody else not have the Packers win the division? No, no I, got, I got the Packers. All right, so uh, we'll go around, give our highs and our lows quick. Um, it, it, listen, guys, there's nothing to say. Aaron Rodgers, I don't care who he's throwing the ball to, they're going to have an 800-yard season. Uh, and that defense looks phenomenal. Uh, yeah, so Packers for me, ceiling of 13, floor of 11, MVP, Rodgers. I don't care if he's doing DMT before games. He's still going to outthrow everyone. Yeah, I got them at a ceiling of same thing. Ceiling of 13, actual 12, low of 10. Um, as long as you guys were Aaron Rodgers in the regular season, you're going to win that division, in my opinion. Ceiling of 12, actual of 12, low of 10. Pretty much everything you guys said, time, copy and paste. There you go. Detroit Lions with Motor City, Dan Campbell. Biting kneecaps, fighting if you got one ass cheek and three fingers and half a toe. I love the Lions this year. I think they're going to be fun. The best analysis I heard this year was from uh, from TJ Lang. He was on McAfee, I think, two days ago or three days ago. He said, listen, the Lions are not going to be pretty, but they're going to punch you in the mouth. They're going to stay the best O-line in, the, in that division. They have a, deep, a good pass rush, an underrated secondary, and they have a hell of an offensive Personnel-wise, if golf can play decent and Swift stays healthy, their ceiling to me is 11 wins. Their floor is seven. And I think they're the uh, second-best team in this division. I've got – so out of the bottom five teams in last year's draft from Jacksonville, Detroit, the Jets, Texans, Giants, I think the Lions are going to be the best team out of those five bottom ones from last year. Um, I'm giving them a high of – I'm giving them a high of 11. I don't think they're going to reach that, but I think that's the high for them. Um, I'm giving them an actual of eight. I think they're going to. I think they're going to make a big leap this year. I just don't think they're going to make that leap into like the postseason or anything like that. I'll give them a low of six, but I'm thinking realistically eight wins, high of 10 or 11, and a low of uh, six. I got them at 10. That's my actual. But DJ, give them a high of eight. Give them a low of four. And I'm going to stick them at four for now. I think there's a non-believer. Every game's going to be within seven points. So I just think that it's a similar thing that we talked about. Like next year, they're going to, those kneecaps are gone next year. 
Shun the non-believers, Shun. <laughs> oh my God, I, I love the Lions, man. They got me hoping for, for like, like uh, there's goodness in the world, football from the football gods coming. Because Dan Campbell making in the playoffs would be the greatest thing of, at all time in the NFL. Because that, you know, he's going to be literally like chugging, shotgunning coffee in like every turn, slamming oh his playbook over things. Matches got. Sh- Dude, I think I almost got ejected by this chair. <laughs> Yo, it like so the back popped up and I went forward like it literally was about to launch me. That that's nuts, bro. All I right, this is, yeah. Anyways, we, we'll go. We'll do the Bears quick. Bears are garbage. They may have the number one overall pick. Any questions? No, I've got them at a low of zero. Out of his mind. Basically, they might have five wins. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He'll get five wins if Justin Fields plays like an MVP. Yeah, low of zero and actual of of uh, two and a high of three. Agreed. <laughs> I'll give him, uh, I'll give him six. Yeah, fair enough. All right, last team, the Minnesota, my old man's team, the Minnesota Vikings. Um, I give them a high of 10, a floor of four, and an actual of seven. I think this is the last year of Curdy. I think he's going to – I think I, the secondary needs a year or two to, to just date. I think that um, Kevin O'Connell is going to learn. You can't it's, – it's not McVay's offense anymore, kid. It's – I mean, listen, they have a great receiving court. Jefferson, Osborne, and Thielen, it's an amazing one, two, three punch. But – and Dalvin Cook staying healthy is amazing. But you're, you're, you're still going to score a lot of points, but you're also going to give up a lot of points. I think the Vikings are, are – are, they need a new quarterback. I think they're, they're limited with Cousins. Even though Cousins has been an amazing quarterback, he just can't produce when it counts. I think um, I think the Vikings are going to give the Packers a run for their money in that division, but I don't think they're going to win. I think they're just going to give them just some just some toughness. But I think the Packers at the end of the day are going to obviously take it. I give them a high of eleven wins, and I give them a low and an actual of nine. I give them I, a high and an actual of ten. I'll give them a low of three because the Kirk Cousins factor, and I think they just go anywhere. But I think they have so much personnel, so much good personnel. I'll give them ten. Fair enough. All righty, kids. Here we go. The NFC South. What in the sweet baby fuck is this? We already <laughs> said we already gave our Carolina Panthers picks earlier, so we don't have to go back into that one. But let's talk Atlanta Falcons. We'll go. We'll go from the bottom to the top. We, I, we all probably have the pack. The Panthers going second, probably second, third place in this division. Maybe if there's a horrific injury in New Orleans, third, second, but. Um, I got the Falcons going for high of five, low of one, actual four. I just, you know what? They're going to go to Desmond Ritter midseason. God bless Marcus Mariota, but he walked in a no-win situation. They're going to score points, but besides J.J. Tyrell, I basically they have the three of us playing defense. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, it's just Drake London's obviously very talented, highly sought-after rookie receiver. He's mostly known for just kind of like the deep ball kind of threat, so we'll see if Marcus Mario is going to hit him on that stride. They really got Kyle Pitts is where they're going to just feed him the ball, and we'll see if Cordell Patterson can even stay healthy for his role again this year, but I'm giving him a high of six, actual of four, and a low of three. I'll give him a high of five, a low, and actual of two. There's just a major talent deficiency, and the fact that they got to seven wins was nothing short of a miracle. So I think they're going to take a big step back here, and it's going to be a two-win two win season. Fair. All right. New Orleans, Saints. 
pre the Gardner Johnson trade, I think he's worth almost a win. I think he is that good of a safety. I was not, I was doubting him earlier this morning when I texted our group chat for Corner Booth and friends. But then I looked and watched some tape, and I'm like, okay, this dude actually in, in a in an Eagles defense would be nasty. I, I and also with Honey Badger doing what he does, and they well, who they got? They got Marcus May, right? Play defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They got down there. Yeah, yeah. May. It's I don't know, man. I I think they're a their their ceilings ten, and their floor is eight. They're going to be in the middle. I think their actual is nine and eight. I think they're going to just miss the playoffs. I think with Jameis, they're going to be in every freaking game to the bitter end, but it's really going to come down to like, Hey, can you finish? Hey, can you do this? Hey, can you do that? And they're going to just, they're, I think also Camara, they're possibly, they're still suspended. They haven't called the suspension yet. Mm-hmm. And the end of seasons is a week from Thursday. So what's going on here? Uh, there's just a lot in the air for me. The Lions. I think, you're going to get either two things from James Winston. He's either going to just perform at a high level and he's going to run away with the game and keep you in it, or I think he's going to just throw three interceptions in a game kind of thing. So I think there's really no in-between. I think you're either going to get multiple turnover Jameis or you're going to get great game Jameis. Um, I give him a high of 10 wins. I give him a low of six. Yeah, and an actual of seven. I like the receiving core a lot. I think there are a lot three guys that just get open a lot with Olave Thomas and Jarvis Landry. I think Alvin Kamara looks like he's going to play, and I think that defense is going to put people in hell all season. I'll give him a high of 11, a low of 8, and an actual of 9, and I think they could be a problem if they get a wild card spot. I agree. I think they could be a pain in the ass if like some team like, uh, I don't know, like the freaking Packers come off a rough game and they're just like, I don't because I don't think like it's not like Drew Brees where like Jameis has enough arm to throw it through the side of Lambeau Field and not the other side. So it's not really a worry like Drew Brees with his arm anymore. Um all right. Uh last last one for the South. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh my ceiling is 12, my floor is 10, my actual is 12. I think the Buccaneers are still a great team. I think Tom Terrific with that receiving core is going to light people up. Um, no Gronk, no problem. You still have Connor Bray. Um I or can't remember it. Sorry, I just you know what it's it's going to be an interesting year with uh, playoff Lenny as a full time starter. Uh, I think he's still going to I think get a ton of yardage. Hopefully, he finishes the season and that defense is still good. I think it's with the Buccaneers. You get what you get. You know what you're getting for the last since 2020 when they won the Super Bowl. You know what the Buccaneers are going to give you week in and week out, and it's the same brand. They're going to be in the division or the NFC Championship game come January, and we're still going to be like, oh, fuck it. We're going to win an eighth. So, so for them, I've got I've got them at a high of 13. I got them with an actual, which I firmly believe that they're going to finish at 11 wins, win that division. Uh, I give them a low of eight, and that could surprise some people. I, I just look at that offensive line. It's it's weak. They've got the Ali Marpet retired. They lost Ryan Jensen. They lost another offensive lineman. Um, so my theory is if all goes wrong with protection, I think this could be the year that 45-year-old Tom Brady actually gets hurt and they have to throw in Kyle Trask. That's why I give him a low of eight just to see what he can make up for what Brady left off with. But as long as everything goes well, I think they're going to win 11 games with a high of 13. I'll give him a high and an actual of 13. It's just a well-oiled machine across the board. They might have the best roster in football from top to bottom still, even with some of the dings. A low, I'm going to give him 11. So 
I still and they have an easy mm. schedule. I mean, you get to play the Falcons and the Panthers twice. They're going to roll them. They'll lose to the Saints at least once, guaranteed. But like, they're still a well-oiled machine. Fair enough. So if the if the Bucks beat the Saints in the first meeting, it's a solid bet. Bet the money line on the Saints. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, let's talk about everyone's favorite division that literally gives us a soap opera every season. It does not matter what team. We'll start from the bottom. The New York Football Giants. My ceiling for them is six wins. My floor is two. My biggest problem with this team is I don't know what the hell I'm getting. They could easily win seven or eight games and piss off a lot of teams, but the problem is who they have at quarterback. I also don't trust their offense yet. I don't know if Staquan's going to stay healthy, and I don't know who the hell they're having to play defense. So, yeah, give me give me a, an actual five wins for the Giants. They, um, I give them, I give them a high of, I give them a high of eight wins because they've got a very easy first eight games in the schedule to where there is a realistic chance they could try and go five and three, um, and then they're going to just torpedo the last eight because they're just it's just difficult as hell for them. I give them a high of eight. I'm giving them an actual of six and a low of five. Um, I think they have the most unhealthy offense in the entire league. Saquon Barkley is never healthy. That offensive line always has issues. Kenny Galladay, Darius Slayton, and um, Kadarius Tony and Sterling Shepard are all injury prone. I don't see them having the same starters week one that they'll have week eight or week 10 um, just for health reasons. So I'll give them the low of five, actual of six, and a high of eight. I'll give them a high of five and a low and actual of two and 15. I think they secure the number one overall pick. The only things I really like on this team are the tackles at this point and Saquon Barkley, but there is a their receiving room is the highest paid in the game and it scored like one touchdown last year or something ridiculous like like there's it's a insane. lot for Brian Dabble to undo here. Uh breaking news, um the Browns are going to go 0 and 17 this year cuz they cut my my boy Mike Harley Jr. and put him on the 53 man roster to put him on the practice squad so the Browns are officially going to go 0 and 17 <laughs> this year. You do not dismiss Big Mike H. I thought you were I thought you were going to say they cut like Jacoby Brissett or something. No, <laughs> they cut Mike Harley and I'm pissed off. That receiving board is garbage anyway, so it's like you should keep him. But whatever. I, I'm hmm. not an expert. It's only like I watched him for the last five years at Miami. Um, all righty. Here we go. The Washington Commanders. We are Commanders. Bum, ba, da, ba, ba, bum, bum. Here we go, commies. Here we go. Jesus. <laughs> I have to do it every show. It's in my contract. Um <clears throat> I think the Commanders are going to be the most comical. They're going to be a skit from the Chappelle show mixed with something that uh, Gabriel Iglesias and, and uh, Bill Burr would make jokes about. <clears throat> this team is going to win a game. It's going to make no sense one week. And then they're going to – Carson Wentz is going to throw five interceptions next week and get sacked 15 times. They're going to go – their ceiling to me is seven wins because Carson can throw you to four or five wins, as DJ knows. <clears throat> and I know, and they're also going to have their floor is two wins because they easily could be the worst team in football because this team makes no sense as an actual roster. Cause and not having chase young for the first four games is going to fucking kill him. And if Jack Del Rio call, calls that Madden cover Ross defense, like he did for the first eight games, it ain't going to matter who the hell's playing defense when they're going to give up 20 points a game in the first half. I got a hot take. I think, uh, I think they finish with six wins and they fire Ron Rivera. Um, 
I like, you know, they got Jahan Dotson and Terry McLaurin. Um, mm. Logan Thomas is coming back. You know, they're going to have to roll with it. Antonio Gibson this uh, season again. They lost Brandon Scherf. They don't have Chase Young for the first handful of weeks. Um, I think I give, them, I give them a low of three wins, an actual of six, and a high of eight. But I don't think – I think they finish anywhere between three and six wins. Mm. <clears throat> low of three, a high of eight. I'll give him the actual of eight because you get to play the NFC East and the Giants and the That's Cowboys. True. Like they just over oh, the way they beat up on each other. So I think it's the most hilarious and makes no sense. Eight and nine of all time too. Like Arsenal win three games, look great. Then the next game, you're like, you lost to them. You did what? You threw a left-handed interception while doing a handstand. How did you pull that off? Like it'll be the weirdest team, but that defense will still still steal a few games. <clears throat> Fair. All right, let's talk about the team with the actual highest window of wins and the lowest ceiling. I don't get how this team – the Dallas Cowboys, their high to me is 12 wins and their floor is six. I don't understand them. Their offense gives me nightmares and not in a team a way that would make Eagles fans as a football analyst. I don't understand what I'm getting. I I sit there, I look at them, I'm like, what the hell is going to happen this year? Are we getting Zeke? Are we getting the good Dak? Who the, is Cameron Johnson going to be an actually good tackle? Or Zach, where the fuck this Johnson guy is playing tackle for him now? Um, They may not get uh, Tyron, Tyron Smith back for the whole season. Who the, They haven't fixed any of their issues on defense. And I think Trayvon Diggs is the most overrated cornerback I've ever seen in the NFL. So, yeah. I think their actual is going to be eight wins. I think Dallas Cowboy fans are going to get pissed and McCarthy's going to get fired and Sean Payton will be their head coach by March of next year. I give them 10 wins. They always manage to stay in it offensively. I give them a, I give them a high and an actual of 10 wins. I give them a low of seven. I Like you were saying, they lost. They don't have Tyron Smith. They lost Leo Collins. Zeke hasn't been the same Zeke since he got paid. Tony Pollard's almost been a more productive guy for them. You don't have Michael Gallup for the first handful of weeks. You don't have James Washington. All you have is CeeDee Lamb and Dalton Schultz. Defense secondary is atrocious. You have Micah Parsons and Van, Van Der Esch, Demarcus Lawrence. Um, I give them a low of seven and an actual and a high of ten, and I think they finish second in that division. Give them a high of 10, a low of 6, and an actual of 8. They are the most penalized team in the league, and you added the most penalized player in college football with your first-round pick, so that's just going to be a recipe for yellow flags. And I just – nobody in this division wins it back-to-back years, wins the division back-to-back years, and who knows how long. So I don't see them winning it again just for that. 2004. Exactly. For, for history, history purposes, they're not winning the division again. And finally, <laughs> the main event – the moment you've all been waiting for, and as of the, his this win total went up half a win because of today's trade. Um, give me the Philadelphia Eagles with a ceiling of 13 wins, an actual of 11, winning the damn division, and a floor of 10. Here's why. This defense is terrifying. Just on guys. It, it's not like it's like the 2011 defense, which had a bunch of question marks. No, it's Bradbury and Slay as your corners. You have Gardner Johnson and the most underrated efficient safety of profile focus last year, Marcus Epps, who is going to be a surprise. Just watch. Wait for the name of Epps, number 22. He's going to be a, uh, just a pain in the ass. So will Gardner Johnson. Oh, you also have those hogs up front. Cox, Jordan Davis, Hargrave. And then you also put Sweat, Graham, and Hassan Riddick on the edges. And then you oh yeah, you put Kazir White, who had an amazing preseason with Nicobe Dean. And TJ Edwards is the linebackers. 
And then on offense, you have A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith with Jalen Hurts and that top-ranked offensive line with Dallas Goddard. It's like the Eagles, this is this is it, guys. You got to win. Like, they gave you the tools. You put together a good roster. Now do it. This is this is win or die for the Eagles, and I think they I think they will accept the challenge. I think twelve wins is what I'm optimistically thinking. But if I'm a real a, a, a realist, which I usually am, it's eleven six for me. They are going to kick a lot of teams in the teeth, but they're going to lose some Eagles like losses, um, and they have a very easy schedule. So give me Philadelphia with eleven wins and division champs. So I I mean humbly. I, I... I could be the only one, which I know I'm not, because I know Jared's been preaching this since the last off, since last year. Um, I don't really get the Jalen Hurts slander right now. I think he did a lot with nothing last year, and the fact that you give him more, I don't really understand why people are knocking him, saying, "Well, if he is," I'm like, I, he didn't have much last year, and he made the playoffs. I, he's got more this year, so I think that's just a recipe for success, in my opinion. But I give him a high of twelve. I give them an actual of 11 and I, I'm, I'm sticking, I'm, I'm high on the Eagles this year. I'm giving them a low of 10, an actual of 11 and a high of 12. I really think they could finish in one of those three spots and win the division. Um, I think they have a solid underrated defense. That's going to be a problem for a lot of teams. I think they um, have a very underrated offense with Devonte Smith, AJ Brown, Dallas Goddard, Jalen hurts. I think they have always good protection. So all of this is recipe for success to me. So give them 10 to 12 wins. Keep mine quick. I have a high of 12. I have a low of nine, but I'm going to give him an actual of 11. Defense is awesome. The running game, we already know what that can do. My one hot take is I think Devontae Smith is going to outperform A.J. Brown this year. And I think he's going to be their leading receiver. And I think he's going to have his breakout moment while Chase and Waddle kind of had theirs last year. This year will be the year of Devontae Smith. I think nice. My breakout prediction is that Jalen Hurts will throw for over 4,000 yards this year because reportedly out of camp, he's been training himself mentally just to either throw the ball away or hit checkdowns. And the thing uh. is – like less running from Hurts means more shots chucked balls downfield. And with AJ Brown, who's like the king of improvised routes, along with Tyreek Hill, I guess he's the second to Tyreek because Tyreek's improvised are amazing. But like Devontae Smith, who's a precision route runner, and you even everyone forgets they also have like the third fastest receiver in football in Quez Watkins, who is just just makes circus catches and just runs past people. He's just, you know, raw as hell. I think this is just gonna be a fun Eagles team to watch as long as you're not an NFC East team. It's going to be just just get your popcorn ready. It's going to be hysterical watching these guys score points and play defense. But listen, I'm a humble Eagles fan. I know I don't. After 2011, I was humbled. I will never get ahead of myself ever again. But I am excited to be an Eagles fan this year. So uh, yeah, uh, let's uh, go get it, boys. Fly Eagles, fly. But uh, listen, gentlemen, I appreciate you both for coming through. We appreciate you all for stopping and listening today. This is our NFL preview. We will of course make our Super Bowl predictions on our. September 8th NFL kickoff special, which is going to be a good time. That is next Thursday, uh, live on our YouTube and our uh, social media streams, as well as Facebook. We appreciate the amazing DJ Stewart from the High Low Podcast for stopping by our version of the Neuralink. This man is a human encyclopedia of football. He's arguably the smartest. He's the only man who's ever met what I've ever walked onto a uh, game show against in sports trivia and football, and this man literally shot. It looked like the scene from Predator. He's put holes through me. <laughs> this man is incredible. He is a human encyclopedia. You can find him at at High Low Sports on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and everything else. Social media. 
It's a great follow. And also you can look for me coming on their show occasionally because him and Kelsey can't get enough of me. Not at all. You're always welcome. <laughs> oh, well, I always appreciate that. Listen, we appreciate you stopping by, buddy. We'll see you on Thursday. This is the week of DJ on the Corner Week Podcast. Um, <laughs> we uh, love you all so much. I'm going to go eat some food. I'm starving. And um, we will see you on Thursday for our first, for our week zero show. We made it, boys. The off season is over. <laughs> we made it. Oh, my God. We get our ceremonial beer crack and everything. It's a good time. Hmm. All right, boys and girls. Enjoy. Hey, guys. Jared. Thanks for checking out the Corner Booth Pod. Be sure to check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Corner Booth Pod. This podcast is brought to you by the Belly of Podcast Network.